right, everybody, welcome to the film room here. On this episode, we are covering 1996 Scream, starring Nev Campbell, David Arquette, Skeet Ulrich, Drew Barrymore. Skeet. God damn it, they have so many stars. And I'm so excited to have Keller on the pod with me. Why don't you say hi, Keller? Howdy, everybody. Now, Keller, how many times have you watched Scream? Twice. And would you say that it got better the second time watching it? I would say that it did. I was <laughs> noticing a lot more. Just because like the, the lines come at you so fast. And I think I've also just been like covering my bases with like watching horror. So I get a lot more of the references and I know like some of the inside jokes. Um, yeah, the second time was definitely uh definitely an enhanced watch yeah I, I this is like a religious one for me i watch it once or twice a year and yeah i love it it's like this like comfort horror for me to watch and i do remember the first time i ever watched scream i was grounded and it's actually really Ooh. funny so i was grounded i know and i'm sitting there feeling bad for myself parents say i can't leave the house well this was like either the first or second year that Netflix had just come out with their like streaming service. So they switched from like you mail in the disc to you have this huge library online. And I'm like, all right, well, let's see what, what we have on Netflix here. And I, I was like looking and I'm like, I'm not grounded at all. We got like 300 <laughs> horror movies right here. My parents don't even know it. So yeah, I was like 2007 or eight. And I watched, I watched Scream, and I just fell in love. I was like, oh, my God, like the twist at the end. I'm just like, what? There's no way I thought he was dead. That's crazy. And, yeah, I've kind of been hooked, like, ever since and, and watching, like, all the sequels. I've watched the sequels multiple times, and, yeah, it's just, it's, like, a really, it's, like, one of those, like, horror franchises or just, like, movies that, like, you don't really feel bad like while you're watching because it's, it's mm -hmm. kind of just it's just it's fun and it's entertaining you know there's no like like gloom to it i guess that you get with some other horror movies that's a good way to describe it it's very yeah there's no um there's no negatives to it it's just a very positive like happy experience what were you yeah. grounded for though oh god uh I, you actually might not know this uh this story but so my parents bought me a BB gun for my birthday that year. And it was like four days after my birthday. And both my parents were like, you do not shoot this gun like without us. Like you don't take it out and use it unless like we're, we tell you you can or you're with us or we're with you. And what did I do? Like that next day I took it out and I, uh, I was like trying to shoot a bird in my backyard and I shot my window out. So, yeah, and then I, and then I panicked, and I actually shot. I spent three hours hunting birds in my neighborhood, and I sh I finally shot one and I killed it, and then I threw it in the shards of glass oh to like make it look like a bird like slammed into our window. That's sadistic. <laughs> I know I'm, I'm I'm a sick fuck, <laughs> and my mom, I called my mom and I was like, "You're not gonna believe this." There's a bird that smashed into our window, and she's like, "In a bullet, bullet-sized hole, it went through yeah, the window. Where exactly, its beak went through. Exactly." And she's like, "You do know that we can find the BB?" And I was like, 
Oh fuck. So oh, then I can try. Yeah. yeah, I got grounded for like a month and yeah, it sucked. But uh apparently not too much. You got a bunch of horror movies to watch. Well, they found out actually that I sh- I should mention that is like that I had watched like four movies that day. And they're like, oh, I didn't know you're just fucking sitting around watching movies all day long. So then they like put a password on it. I was like, you motherfuckers. Double grounded. Yeah, I'm like, this really does suck. This is not fun. (laughs) (laughs) One thing that I just and I'm I'm a huge 90s guy. Like I love I was born in the 90s. I love (laughs) I I love 90s music. I love 90s film. And I don't know why, but just like this movie just i know it just screams 90s to me and for some reason i just love getting into that time machine and being in that universe and being in that world created in woodsboro and like i just had mentioned it's just a fun atmosphere do you kind of get that like really nostalgic 90s vibe when you watch it yeah some of the styles and just like terms remind me of early early 2000s like the very that very last remnants of 90s trends um but yeah i i do i do feel that for sure yeah and another thing too is like when i've watched like other 90s films like other 90s horror films they don't have the same feel as this one it just like that's why it stands out so much like some of them seem very much of like lesser quality (laughs) So, yeah, this one's like very much near and dear to my heart. What's really exciting about covering the original movie is that the uh, new Scream film, Scream 6, is actually out in theaters right now. And I am seeing that uh, tomorrow. And I'm super stoked. So when I was doing all the background information, I was telling Keller that I had to be a little bit careful because there was a spoiler alert banner on the web page. And I didn't want to scroll down too far and ruin anything for myself. So um yeah i'm just like super pumped to to see that and i try to stay away from like rotten tomatoes and everything and just like even like google searches because i don't want to even see like the ratings that it got but i did get this like uh push notification from twitter about how um how well it's doing box office wise so i uh i kind of I kind of know that it's going to be a pretty good film. Yeah, I've only seen good things so far on various social medias. Awesome, awesome, awesome. That's that's great. It won't be like uh, uh, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey that I went to a few weeks a few weeks ago. So yeah, you had a scathing review for that. Dude, that was so terrible. Yeah, I put a put a nasty review out on the on the Patreon account. Actually, let's let's hit on that topic. What have you watched recently? Anything you want to share? What have I watched recently? I watched Scream. I watched Scream. Um, I watched well, Scream. other than that, not a lot of movies. I've been watching uh, <laughs> Twin Peaks with Ashley. Oh, no. uh, that probably falls under the category of horror. I, I know Definitely. it does. It's Yeah, there's uh, scary aspects to it, especially... Have you watched it? No, but I, it's actually been like like on in my queue to watch. Yeah, the you movie. gotta watch. Are you okay. watching the movie or the, the TV show? With me? The TV show. Okay, cool. You have to watch the TV show too, Matt. Yeah. Okay. Um, it Did is. Like it? Yeah, I think 
it, it's like very surreal. There's a lot of um, yeah, like just strange stuff that happens, and it's like set in this backdrop of like kind of a soap opera type setting, okay. but. Um, it's funny, it's scary, it's got just like what the hell is going on moments, like dreamlike. But um I, I think it's up there for my favorite shows. I know it's up there for my favorite shows. Uh and we're in the second season, um, and it, things are getting pretty intense. Nice. Yeah, it's awesome. I'll I'll definitely have to have to get into that. Yeah, anything else? Other than that, um, not nothing of note. Okay. Yeah, I think I had mentioned that on on the last episode that I watched that Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey and folks. Uh, I don't want to get into it at all, really. So just avoid that movie at all costs. I actually watched uh, a movie called on Tubi called No One Lives, starring Luke Evans, and it's like this thriller. It's like it's kind of like a thriller slasher almost it it's it's pretty good the budget's pretty small so it you kind of have to give it a little bit of a like leeway because of that but uh the story was kind of interesting and there's like a twist in the beginning that i really liked so i'd probably recommend that film it's it's pretty cool uh, it's by WWE Studios, actually, back when they were making huh. uh, funding films. So that was kind of cool. Um, another one that I just watched that I actually think you would like, Keller. We bought it on Amazon Prime. It was called American Murderer. It's a tr- it's based on a true story about uh, um, it's like this like con man, Jason something Brun. And he was on the FBI's top 10 most wanted for like 20 something years. And they still haven't been able to find him. And it just like goes over like his, his life and how he like was just like this chameleon. And he just like, and Tom Pelfrey plays the, the lead character. And he's like one of my favorite actors. And I think he's one of the most underrated actors. And he was in Ozark and he played, um the brother who kind of has like a uh, uh, mental health problems and like it almost like like his performance in ozark almost like brought me to tears because i've never seen somebody do that so well not go over the top of it like legit yeah. like show you somebody who is like, yes and needs help and so just like seeing him in this being able to like do all the facial expressions and just like the ups and downs of the emotions like it was just crazy so it i thought it was pretty good ryan Phillippe's in it as well and yeah I, I i'd recommend that one so i think those are the oh one more that i watched and it's just kind of a goofy one it was called office uprising i also watched it on tubi it was basically like another one of those like there's a virus in the office and it's making people fucking violent and stuff like that. Cause remember there was that mayhem movie with Stephen yeah. Yoon and then there was a, uh, the Belko experiment. Yeah. Um, I watched Belko. I, so I've, I've only seen, I've seen, I've seen mayhem. I've, I haven't seen Belko. Um, but then I watched this one about like an energy drink that like, yeah, like makes you like irritable and like violent and stuff like that. And it's, 
it's low budget, but it's got Brendan Thwaites, Brenton Thwaites, who plays uh, Robin in the Titan series. Uh, oh God, I can't remember his his name, but the guy who plays Thad Castle from Blue Mountain State, <laughs> yeah. uh, he's in it. Zach. Seems like you'd be in an energy drink related movie. Oh yeah, he's like he's like in the, he's on like the marketing department. He's like fucking yeah. yeah we need a new slogan. We need a new slogan. Just like going crazy, and then uh zachary levi the guy who plays uh shazam he's in it he plays like the main uh antagonist and he's pretty good yeah i mean i don't know if i'd recommend that one i mean if you really are bored i mean it's it's well put together but it's i wouldn't go out of your way to watch it but yeah those are like my most recent watches besides obviously scream yeah your tom pelfrey uh recommendation made me want to watch Oz- give ozark a second chance because i got a couple episodes in but just never kept going on it well and i think you should because honestly i was kind of the same way I, I honestly i'd say five or six episodes it took me to get into it it was almost like the same thing with breaking bad yeah i was gonna I, say it took yeah. me three tries three tries to get into breaking bad because i'm like god this is such a slow burn but then once you get into it you can't stop mm-hmm. it is so addicting same with ozark and um, also, do you have HBO Max? Yep. Watch Banshee. He's in Banshee, and he's also very, very good. And there is so many parallels. Well, I guess not parallels between like the two shows, but so many actors and actresses from Banshee are in Ozark. It's like so weird. Oh, yeah. Banshee's got uh, the guy from The Boys. Yep. Anthony yeah. Starr. Yep. He's amazing in it. Banshee, oh, dude, I blasted through that series in, like, two weeks. It is so good. It's, like, it's basically if we lived in a world, the wild, wild west. Like, the t- they're in this small-ass town where basically every rapist, murderer, and drug dealer in a in, in the world just, like, con- they all congregate in this, like, one t- a town of, like, 3,000 people. <laughs> and then the, they just, like... Kill, they just like this guy is like impersonating a sheriff and he has to like kill them all <laughs> it's just like wild <laughs> that'd be honestly. so convenient for the world if everybody if every yeah. rapist just went to one town and this guy's like up for the challenge he's like ah, i'll fucking be sheriff i'll take care of all this shit and he actually does so yeah i actually I, i've been thinking about uh re-watching it so you should definitely get into it and let me know what you think but anyways yeah tom pelfrey's in that and he's he's really good tom pelfrey i'm just gonna say this right now he is a um he is somebody that i would love uh for dc studios to cast as the new batman in batman brave and bold but i don't think pelfrey's old enough he's, is he's too Batman youthful. supposed to be old and brave and the bold brave and the yeah old? yeah so the, the new brave and bold is supposed to um have damian wayne his son as robin which means that he would that they said Batman's supposed to be in his like late late to early late 30s to early 40s which i mean Pelfrey's like 40 years old but he doesn't look it yeah he does kind of have a baby face a bit but man okay i got to stop talking about tom pelfrey <laughs> tom pelfrey cast we we, we got to yeah tom pelfrey fan cast um all right Let's get into the topic of discussion here, Scream. So let's go through some of these uh, these fun, interesting uh, facts that I've, I've kind of sifted through. And uh, 
then we'll kind of get into the characters and then we'll we'll talk about the movie and some of our favorite stuff how's that sound down for that okay cool so did you know that this was actually originally titled scary movie i did know that that's one of the few things i knew before watching scream about the movie that's pretty interesting, yeah, because then, like, not even a year later, they came out with Scary Movie as mm-hmm. a spoof exactly like <laughs> this movie. And, hey, I think everything ended up working out, right? Like, Yeah, they both got their got their success. Do you think those, name, those titles are synonymous? Like, you could just, like, flip them and they'd still work for both franchises? Um, I think Scary Movie works better for Scream than Scream would for, for Scary Movie. Yeah. Uh, like, Scary Movie would be still such a great title for this. I think Scream works better just to be able to have it still be like, this is trying to take itself seriously, and then that's another subversion um, right. where it's actually like a satire movie. But Scary Movie works into the satire so well. And you've seen Scary Movie? so long ago but yeah i I remember some stuff from it yeah i think i've seen it i've seen it a few times but the last time yeah it was well over a decade and did you know that there's another one that came out like around the same time called greek if you know what i did last friday the 13th (laughs) so bad and it's like the same thing but just like i know what you did last summer yeah in it so yeah it's it's pretty terrible Okay. That's like the three levels of satire is going a little bit overboard with that it's last one. Like, it's like it's starting to just become like a saturated film uh, genre. You're just throwing out all these like, and one more layer of, we're going to add this movie into it. Man, Scary Movie spawned so much of that. That was, mm-hmm. talk about early 2000s, that was like a superhero movie and not just another high school movie and a bunch of scary movies. Oh yeah, not another teen movie with Chris Evans. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah where it's like a spoofing Varsity Blues. Yeah, you're right. It was like the, the early 2000s. That was just like those are all those movies. That was, that was saturated. Yep, definitely. Rotten Tomato score. Let's get to that. I actually thought it was higher than what it actually. I thought it was in the 90s, but uh, it had an 80 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which is still pretty respectable solid, for solid. a. Uh, a slasher film it had a 14 ish million dollar budget and it made around 173 million dollars in the box office which is just absolutely absurd i mean good god so this was super popular and you could clearly tell because a sequel was premiered less than 12 months after this came out it came out yep. the following December, which is like insane. I don't even know how they, and it's a fucking phenomenal sequel to this. So I don't, that's why I like it so much. I mean, Scream 7 got announced before 6 was released, right? Was that right? I think I saw that. Maybe 6 they is the current one, right? Yep, 6 is the current one. Are, did they have 7 in the works already? Yeah, they announced that it was coming out like next year. Oh, shit. Hey, I'll, I'll I'll take it, son. I'll take it. Yeah, that's just like confidence in the in the brand. Yeah, you're just like following that formula and just yeah, knowing that it's gonna work. Cause what this one came out 
the Scream 6 is now out 14 months after Scream 5. See, that shit fucks me up, is that they didn't they didn't rename the title. They just called it Scream. It should have been Scream 5. Scream 5 just Scream? Yeah, it was just Scream. And 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 uh, they didn't even to... even didn't even do anything funny with the with like the A to make it look like a V for five or something. Well, they this podcast that I that I like to listen to, they had they called it Five Cream because they thought they should have <laughs> changed the S to a five. So... <laughs> That's <was> good. <laughs> so they just like referred to it as Five Cream, and I'm like, oh, I love that. It's fucking funny. But yeah, so now we have two screams in the film franchise, but one of them is uh, number five. So now they're bringing the the Roman numerals in. I'm pretty sure. Thank God. Uh, the other one's the only way you can keep anything straight. Right. Okay, so here's uh here's a big one, directed by the legend Wes Craven. Now, Keller, are you familiar with some of Wes Craven's work? I have watched Nightmare on Elm Street. But other than that, he is a director. After watching this, I've been looking for stuff to put on my list to to watch of his. Um, he's somebody I haven't dove very far into. Yeah, yeah. Ob- yeah, you're right. Obviously, he's he's known for creating the A Nightmare on Elm Street series, which exploded, and then obviously uh, helping bring the Scream franchise to life so it, it it's just crazy that he has like two of these huge franchises like under his belt and like on his resume and just i guess what he's leading as his legacy like that's pretty it's pretty hard to do and then also in the early 70s i think he was a direct he was for sure at least a producer and a director of at least one of these films but the hills have eyes the original in 1973 i think you ever heard of that yeah yeah yep so he i think he originally directed uh he actually wrote that and directed oh, it. Wow. and that one actually has been popping up on my tubi feed and i was like ah, i should give it a chance but because the remake i watch and it's like so the remake was made during the like saw and hostile um decade so and so torture. oh it's just torture porn yeah. basically so it's like one of those where I think I've only watched it twice just because it's so hard to get through. It's 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 really difficult. So I wonder if his is a little lighter because it was made like in the early 70s. But um, and and the the mutants are they don't look as awful. <laughs> I guess. Um, yeah, harder with the with the makeup. To they just look like they look went off. to like a local carnival and they're like, yeah, this guy will do. You want to <laughs> chase somebody around? <laughs> Yeah, more Texas Chainsaw Massacre than yeah, Complete Mutant. And then the other film was The Last House on the Left. Have you heard yeah, of that? Yeah, I've, I've, uh, I've heard of it and know like nothing about it. So that's another one that's they they had a remake around the Saw and torture porn era, and that's another one that's really hard for me to watch just because like it's all kind of it all kind of stems from a sexual assault essentially. And like, I haven't seen the original film, but the, the, um, the remake, it's like super graphic and terrible, terrible. So I, I just, it, it like sucks the fun out of the movie watching experience when you got to watch yeah. shit like that. So 
anyways, not to like make it all down and gloomy when we talk about Wes because he's made some really, really awesome stuff. Because yeah, it's it's crazy that he has like these two franchises that um, is just part of his legacy. And the really cool thing about right before uh, he came out with Scream is he had just finished um, releasing uh, Wes Craven's A New Nightmare. Have you have you heard of that one? Yeah, I've heard of it. I yeah, I'm just working through my nightmares. That's right. Yeah, you're you're going through the the franchise. Well, basically, I won't spoil anything, but it's like a super meta, right? It's like basically it's based off just being completely meta and it was a huge success and it kind of like got him back into the into the limelight. So, yeah, once he took this on, it was it was pretty amazing. So, I have some other stuff we can talk about um with him later but i'll i'll just move on to the writer of this film so this was written by kevin williamson keller do you know who kevin williamson is i heard that oh i i read that kevin um he was watching i believe it was halloween at like a friend's house and like he was strapped for cash and wanted to basically write a slasher. That was the impetus was watching Halloween at a friend's house and just like getting inspired to to write his own slasher for money, basically. Kevin Williamson, another just like legend, honestly, I, I think, because he was also the creator of Dawson's Creek. <laughs> he was because he wasn't like a horror guy no he wasn't this. so this is what happened this is actually kind of funny killer and you'll eventually get to this film too so he created dawson's creek he uh wrote scream and then two years later halloween h2o came out That's and right. they wanted him to write it so bad so he wrote a treatment of the script for them and then he went on and he wrote the second film, Scream 2 and, and Scream 4, and was a, an executive producer on Scream 3. He did not write that. And I think the most recent Scream. Uh, I'm not sure if he is for this one. He probably is, but or for the, for the, for the new one. Yeah, Kevin Williamson, it's, it's funny because when I listen to some of other, some other podcasters that cover uh, some of the films that, he's, that he writes, they think that his dialogue is like too outdated now. They think, oh, it's just, it's Dawson Creek dialogue. Like it's like too cheesy or something, but I don't know. I kind of, I disagree. I, I think like he just, he. Yeah, he's... I don't see that at all in the 1996 one. Yeah, I I, th- I think it all stands up. It's, it's still you can still watch it and go back and. Oh yeah, nineties dialogue now. is going to be somewhat dated now, as far yeah. as like certain slang and stuff. But oh, so this is what I want to talk to you about. So his like inspiration for Scream was how he like watched like an episode on of Turning Point about the oh the, yeah the serial killer was. in Gainesville. Halloween. Yeah, yeah, it was uh the Gainesville Ripper or something like that. Didn't he do something where he like locked himself like in a hotel room for like three days? Like he had no money mm-hmm. and he like locked himself in a hotel room for like three days. And was basically like, I need to come up with something. And he 
he came up with this script and he originally titled it uh scary movie and i can't remember if i know that there were a few um studios that were trying to buy it from him but yeah he eventually eventually miramax offered it to him and i think he got like 200 something thousand dollars for the script which i mean shit that's a lot of money now i mean that's yeah a lot, a lot of money almost 30 years ago so that's solid yeah i uh i feel like everybody has that. to lock themselves in a the hotel room at some point and come up with their magnum opus that's a, how a lot of uh the best albums ever get created just people locking themselves in a studio or secluding themselves somewhere yeah. Yeah, exactly. I was like, shit, I need to get through my my writer's block. I just gotta like lock lock myself in a cage or something, force myself to to write. Fuck. Get Holly to do that for you. She would happily do that. Just I wouldn't even need a laptop or pen and paper. She'd just lock me and throw the key away. Yeah, I kinda wanna talk about how this film inspired a revival in the slasher genre towards the late 90s and early 2000s it influenced films like urban legend i know what you did last summer valentine and many others but i obviously it had a huge influence on halloween h2o as well i kind of like see parallels between this film revitalizing the slasher genre and also the halloween 2018 because slasher was dead man it was they weren't making them anymore they were they were making them but they weren't putting them in in the theater anymore so because they weren't getting the box office returns that they were looking for so i i think it's cool to see the the parallels between the two almost well i guess i'd be around 20 years later yeah i i I have heard that with uh scream how it was like a turning point in um slashers being like faux pas and just um going out of style and then suddenly making making them cool again or at least fun again Mm -hmm. yeah it was like that whodunit aspect that like surprisingly like you would think that that would would have been done over and over and over again like beaten to death but uh it really hadn't been like a a popular concept since like the 70s so they were they weren't doing anything original with that. They were just kind of like bringing it back into style. Yeah, and I feel like the way they did it with having the the who done it be so in your face about who did it, and yeah. still like making it, um, still subverting your expectations by sh- showing you the ball and then, um, and then yeah, just like pulling it away at the last second. It is. Uh, just very, yeah, so well done how they set everything up and, um, yeah, show you the fake out they're going to do and then still do it. And it's still surprising in a way. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I wasn't surprised by this, but filming took place in various spots in California. I think one of them was like Santa Rosa, which is like north of San Francisco. And, and filming lasted roughly eight weeks now i gotta tell you killer the scene where they i think it's like dewey tatum and sydney when they're the director is like standing on the sidewalk and it's a scene of their car coming and parking on the side of the street as they walk into the the police station and it's just like 
sunny cal like this the california sun is yeah. just like beaming down and you see like the mountains in the background or like big big hills i'm just like well i'm gonna go there one day i don't know i just like fell in love with it i'm like that looks so cool it was amazing yeah the, you know the first scene where nev campbell walks to her walks into her home which is like a mansion yeah overlooking yeah like the just the hills in the valley um that looked like paradise <laughs> where they were living mm-hmm. yeah seriously yeah so many different shots just showing so much beauty i i loved it and but yeah that that scene i was just like oh fuck yeah like i wonder what that looks like now i hope it's not trashy but it just it just looks so nice all right man well we have a lot of characters because this is a stud uh star-studded cast so you ready to dig into some of the characters or do you have anything yeah, lightning else rounds. no yes lightning round you are correct <laughs> now i tried to order this as best as i as i could uh where it makes sense but um we'll try not to take too long on this just because they there are so many but let's start with our our main protagonist, Sydney Prescott, portrayed by Nev Campbell, our, our main protagonist of Final Girl. Uh, so she is dealing with the trauma of her mother's murder, dating Billy Loomis, and she seems like a resilient, likable teen that's easy to root for in the end. Nev Campbell is known for her work in the Scream sequels, the TV show Party of Five, the movie Wild Things, which I highly recommend, and also the movie the craft keller please tell me you loved yourself some sydney prescott yeah she was as described easy to root for and yeah she was a good like balance of characters she had a good dynamic um character growth throughout the movie um we'll talk about that more as we go through it but yeah she was just very yeah grounded and I think she, she was just written very well and acted very well. It was all around good. I love Nev Campbell as Sydney Prescott. I don't think they could have casted anybody else for that role. And this is a super hot take, but I think Sydney Prescott is my number one final girl. I I love Laurie Strode. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know what it is. I just love I just love me some Sydney Prescott. I just do. Yeah, I think, I mean, Sydney just gets more chances to, um, like, be expressive and be a 3D character than Laurie, I feel like. Right. Um, and, yeah, I think that definitely helps her case. I don't think that's a super hot take for me, at least. Uh, yeah. I don't know who I put up there. I like uh, Friday the 13th. Or, no, I mean... Uh, um nightmare on elm street final girl nancy yeah nancy's pretty good i like her too but, she's solid um awesome so let's move on to our main one of our main antagonists billy loomis portrayed by probably the greatest name i've ever heard skeet ulrich <laughs> Hell yeah. um or Billy Loomis is the OG Ghostface killer and Sydney's boyfriend who ended up pressuring Stu Mocker into committing the Woodsboro murders. Billy Loomis is 
who is someone who likes to strike fear into people and see and he likes to intimidate people throughout the film you can you can definitely tell that he is definitely uh i don't know i, I didn't want him to be the killer and then at the end I, when i when he was dead i thought he died and then he came back and then he was just that's why i love this movie it just fucked with my emotions so much I'm like what are you doing to me you're tearing you're tearing me apart lisa so yeah anyways uh Skeet Ulrich is known for the series Jericho, which is which is really really good. Um, he's in Riverdale, which I haven't seen, and movies such as The Craft and I Am Elizabeth Smart. Keller, Billy Loomis, Skeet Ulrich, thoughts. I think you're right. Like you want to be able to trust him because you're kind of seeing the movie through Sydney's eyes, and that's like your one person that you have to lean on and skeet just uh keeps pulling the rug out from under at the end i was well yeah towards the uh i will say after um he did the whole thing where like it's time to move on from your mother's death (laughs) like it's been a year (laughs) it's like okay (laughs) i hope this guy gets stabbed but um she's been brutally murdered yeah, I mean, he is the ultimate example of, like, putting the killer in front of your face and, mm-hmm. like, having all the signs point towards him but still make it ambiguous and a, a twist that it's him. Yeah, he's, like, I don't know if you watched the, the series You, but basically when she when when he's, after he gets out of jail and he's, like, trying to talk to her and Sydney just, just like, avoids him, and is like uneasy around him. I'm just like, come on, give him a chance. Like, you know, he was in jail. He's getting his fingerprints done. He, he's not the one that called you. Like, put your guard down. Be with him. Um, but at, like my point is like, no, like this guy's actually like dangerous. Like, the fuck am I talking about? Like, if I were if I were in her shoes, I would still be like, don't trust anybody. Yeah, like no, I'm not gonna like really, yeah, trust you at all. So, cool. All right. Well, let's move on to the other uh, antagonist, Stu. Actually, Stuart Stu Mocker. <laughs> um, portrayed by one of my favorite actors, Matthew Lillard. He's the other Ghostface killer partnering with Billy Loomis. He's an insensitive, eccentric type teenager. He's also considered a horror movie fanatic, like Randy Meeks. His motive to kill was peer pressure because he's and i quote far too sensitive really cool story about matthew lillard and this and getting this role i don't know if you've heard it but he was actually going with his girlfriend at the time to casting because she was trying to audition Mm. and he ended up stepping in and being a fucking whack job like he is and they gave the part to him i just like how awesome is that you just kind of like you don't go there for it and then you get it and then your fucking entire life changes <laughs> yeah that's that's a miracle because that's one of my favorite characters in the movie is matthew lillard as stew in this so great he just gives yeah he gives it his all and it's just he's just so over the top he's almost like a cartoon character he is but that's like it's in a very realistic way for that type of person 
Like it's all yeah. very organic and in the moments he is doing things that are just like, yeah, over the top, but like they make sense <laughs> for for like his guy. Um, and they're just so funny. Yeah. So Lillard is known for playing Shaggy in the live action Scooby-Doo movies uh, with a, being in the movie without a paddle. She's all that. And he's also in 13 Ghosts. Love him in 13 Ghosts. Yeah, and uh, just to add to, well, maybe let's get the, to this. I'll save this for the uh, kind of the climax part. Yes, Go on, uh... lightning round. All right, Randy Meeks is our next uh, character here, portrayed by Jamie Kennedy. Uh, Randy Meeks is a big horror movie buff and even works at a video store. He's the only single one in the friend group and seems content with that, although... He's, he definitely has a thing for Sydney and would like to date her. Randy is the one who explains the rules of a horror movie at Stu's party. What are your thoughts on uh, little Randy Meeks? Another great character that, I mean, I didn't suspect him ever in the movie, even though he, he was kind of put in a couple, a couple situations where he could have been too small. Um, yeah, too small <laughs> to do that, all that. Um, him and the principal were uh were both put in situations where like they <laughs> they're like implied to possibly be, and <laughs> David Arquette. Yeah. Um, but none of them really were held up as as possible killers. But he was also up there for one of my favorite people in the movie. He was funny and um, just the way he was written as like basically yeah like the meta audience insert into the movie was was pretty genius and one uh cool thing about his character is that uh Wes Craven would just kind of let him ad lib sometimes oh, cool. just kind of let him like put in his his own like humor into his lines and stuff like that so yeah some of that stuff like some of the, his lines are literally just like him thinking off the top of his head Kennedy is known for the movie Malibu's Most Wanted, which is terrible, uh, Son of the Mask, which is also terrible, and the Jamie Kennedy Experiment, which is a show. And he's kind of fall. He's he had a rough go in Hollywood. Let's just uh, leave it at that. <laughs> he always has this to hang his hat on. Yep. Okay. Next, we got Tatum Riley, portrayed by Rose McGowan. Tatum is Sydney's best friend and Stu Mocker's girlfriend. She's also the younger sister of Officer Dewey Riley. She's a popular, spunky teen. What were your thoughts on Tatum? She was a great friend to uh, to Sydney. I, I kind of noticed that, like, she was usually the like blonde is set up as shallow and, um, yeah, just not smart. I think of the uh, the friend of Laurie Strode. Can't remember her name. Um, oh, Linda. In Halloween. Yeah, Linda. Totally. There's a lot of there's a lot of Lindas out there, but um, <clears throat> no, she was. Yeah, she had depth and was yeah, yeah caring about Sydney. So you don't think that her trying to crawl through a docky window? <laughs> kind that of wasn't like, stupid. Yeah, <laughs> I probably would have done that if I had. Uh, that going on 
I guess. You gotta, that is the last resort. Do. Um, so Rose McGowan, she's known for the TV series Charmed, uh, films such as Jawbreaker, Planet Terror, Death Proof, and Devil in the Flesh. Uh, she's also known for a recurring role on Nip Tuck. So I actually watched Nip Tuck about a year ago, binged it, loved it. Yeah, and she plays like this uh, murderous uh, anesthesi- anesthesiologist. And what happens to her character is like insane. So anybody who is interested in watching that show, like totally recommend it. All right, let's move on to Tatum's older brother, Dewey Riley, portrayed by David Arquette. Dewey Riley is a kind yet dopey police officer who's the older brother of Tatum. He has Gail Weathers as his love interest. I just think he's a lovable little shit. What do you think? I agree. Yeah, he kind of <laughs> seemed like somebody who one of us would write into one of our own stories as the police yeah. officer. I don't know why. He just, yeah, seems up our alley. And yeah, he, like, yeah, like that's him. actually like funny that you mentioned that. That is totally what we would do. Like most people, are like, oh, we need this hard nose, fucking rip just like no nonsense police officer who's gonna take care of business and save the day and we're just like no we need like this like lovable sensitive twink (laughs) drops his young guy drops his gun and a clown horn goes when it goes off and you know just every time he walks it's like boom 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 boom. (laughs) but he still gets the girl yeah he, he he sure does so i don't know if you if you know this but uh david arquette and courtney cox they actually got married after this. Um, yeah, I just learned life. that like a couple days ago, randomly so, on a, yeah. on the internet. Really cool. They were married till like 2013, and yeah, it was crazy because when they filmed Scream Five, uh, David Arquette said like it was almost cathartic being able to like share the screen with Courtney again, and he felt like he had a sense of closure to their relationship. Um, that he didn't get beforehand. So, yeah, I'd always been like rooting for them to. I was like, just want to just be happy, just make it. But uh, David Arquette is a little bit of a. He's got a loose. Uh, he's got a few uh, loose bolts and nuts, or just uh, and and screws. Let's <laughs> just say that. But uh, uh, David Arquette is known for obviously the Scream sequels, uh, Never Been Kissed, Eight Legged Freaks, which I think you would fucking love. Eight-legged um, freaks. Yeah, eight-legged freaks. It's about like these giant spiders that attack a town. <laughs> that sound like up my alley. <laughs> and uh, ready to rumble, which you actually probably would like. <laughs> yeah, put these on my list. Yeah. All right. Speaking of Courtney Cox, next up is Gail Weathers, portrayed by Courtney Cox. She plays an obnoxious news reporter that will do almost anything to get a story uh so gail wrote a book basically saying that sydney's mother's murder trial is presumably filled with lies and rumors which obviously leaves the waters kind of testy between sydney and herself as i mentioned before her love interest is dewey and i love that she kind of has this character character arc at the end of the movie showing that she's not this heartless itch that people might think she is yeah she had a big turnaround in like 
opinion of her throughout the movie and being an asshole to her camera guy and being an asshole to ne- Nev. Um, yeah. But yeah, she, uh, I think um, Officer Dewey helped to bring out the best in her. And she was doing stuff like to help the guy who was um, like, uh, like, he was or, like not the guy who did it. She an innocent man to get out of prison, but she was also doing that for her own fame. Very yeah. complicated character. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Cox is known for obviously Friends. What's her character's name in Friends? What is what is Friends? Oh, please. We can't go down this rabbit hole. I kid, I kid. Um, uh, Monica? Monica, that's right. She was also in the show Cougar Town. She's in the Scream sequels. And uh, she's also an Ace Ventura pet detective. Yeah. Ah, remember that? Classic. All right. So let's move on to our next character here. And this is going to be a fun one, Keller. Casey Becker, portrayed by Drew Barrymore. She is the false, false protagonist murdered in the opening of the film. That was such a genius flip of the script for people. I don't know. I I can watch that scene over and over and over, and I I, I don't get tired of it. I love it. I just love the suspense that builds up. I love. We'll get into it more when we when we start diving into the scenes, but. Drew Barrymore was actually approached to play Sydney, and she's the one who had the idea about what if I didn't? And we kind of she was the one who like suggested the the trick on the audience, basically. So oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, because um, that's a Alfred Hitchcock psycho move, where the like the star um expected to be protagonist gets mm. killed right away right yep you're exactly right yeah i also read something that she's like an animal rights activist or some shit and uh some West... shit like that <laughs> some bullshit yeah some dumb shit Fuck like that. Animals. <laughs> uh and west craven would like talk to her about like animal he would kill animals in front of her he would like, like, t- he would, like West. yes and so she would be like upset and like crying for her scenes and stuff like that. I'm like, damn, like that's kind of fucking crazy. Um, but yeah, Barrymore is known for ET, uh, never been kissed wedding singer, 51st dates and Charlie's angels and like a bunch of other movies. She was in never been kissed with David Arquette. Yeah. Reunited. Yeah. It was cute. And then we have our principal Himbry. Uh, with an uncredited portrayed by Henry Wrinkler in an uncredited role. So Principal Henry is just this goofball school principal that uh, ends up like the only time he expresses concern is uh, over the antics made by those like two students that are running around like mocking the death of Stephen Casey. Yeah, he's like an interesting, uh, interesting little lad. Uh, Henry Wrinkler. Winkler wanted to be uncredited because he didn't want the focus to be taken away from um like the other his his castmates essentially. Interesting. Yeah. But obviously Winkler is known for playing the Fawns and Happy Days 
playing the head coach and uh, the water boy and also playing the father in click. So he, he should have been the Fonz, the Fonz, hey. but principal Fonz in this what movie. Just make it more meta. Classmates are dead and running around wearing this. What are you doing? <laughs> Kidding me? Hey. Uh, this one's super quick, but uh, Roger L. Jackson as the voice of Ghostface. Dude has a ton of voice credits. Like, hard to keep track of them all, but uh, pretty, pretty iconic voice that he has there, huh? Pretty, pretty yeah, perfect. Great voice. Pretty sexy. I wonder if he's getting like royalties from people that are using that on like TikTok and stuff because they they have like the scream filter you can use for your voice. So oh yeah, he, I've heard of that. Wonder if he gets I hope he's getting that. ten cents a pop on those. Something. I don't even care if it's a nickel. <laughs> Give him a nickel at least. All right, we're coming on the home stretch here. We got Neil Prescott portrayed by Lawrence Hecht, which is Sydney's father, and he's away on a business trip and is heavily suspected as the one doing the killings. But he actually ends up being set up by Stu. And and Billy as the killer, um, which is revealed at the end. Uh, this dude has like maybe three other film credits. He wasn't in a lot after this. But did you like the entire time? I knew, like even before it was revealed, like there's no way it's her father. Were you? Yeah, because he just was not. I feel like he could have been involved more in. I feel like they weren't talking about him enough during the movie to have him be a like a yeah. central antagonist, but um, <clears throat> like they would all they would like suddenly bring him back up, and I was like, oh yeah, her father could possibly be the killer. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's never super believable that that was it. That seemed like the red herring. All right, now we have Kenny Brown. The cameraman portrayed by W W Ear Earl Brown. Oh my god, I butchered that. W Earl Brown. Uh Gail's cameraman, and he actually ends up saving Sid's life by informing her of the door at the back of the news van. His last word was door as he points to the back of the van. I didn't even notice that. I didn't know that either. Yeah. So oh. I was like, damn, I should like. I, I was wondering, like, how did she know there's a tiny little compartment to get through in the in the back of the van? I, I'm definitely going to like look out for that the next time I watch. I was like, oh, that's kind of a that's kind of cool. Um, so this actor is like one of those actors that like in the 90s and early 2000s was just in everything he's just like and i'm not saying like big roles but just like small roles so like for example uh so he's known for uh the hbo series deadwood which is also very very good and he's in there's something about mary he plays mary's brother and he actually uh plays meatloaf in the biopic Meatloaf to Hell and Back. Um, do you think I he would see that. He could pull it off? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also just I watched Vanilla Sky for like probably the fifth time not too long ago, and I'm like, holy shit, he's the bartender. And that that was like 2001, but like seriously, he he's just like in all these like sh- like shows and like movies, just playing these like small characters. He just like has like all these film credits, which is super funny and super cool. 
it's probably a bunch of clones of him in Hollywood. They just throw in for Debbie or Brown. I need a guy. I need another one. All right. Last two here. Uh, or not last two. Last three uncredited roles. Cotton Weary portrayed by Liev Schreiber, the accused killer of Sydney's mother, uh, with whom she had a secret affair with. Uh, all we really get is, I mean, we get a lot of mention of Cotton Weary, but we don't get a lot, like any, like, I just guess, like one news, yeah. news story. We'll it's just him. that news story of him at trial or in handcuffs or something. So, um, when we cover Scream 2, we'll definitely have more to, to talk about. Um, so, Leaf Schreiber's known for Ray Donovan, Salt, Defiance, and, and Goon, and among other movies. All right, a few cameos, and I am actually excited to hear if you um, notice this person. Linda Blair as an obnoxious reporter. Do you know who Linda Blair is? Linda Blair. Oh, is she the, um, she had the cross earrings. Was that her? Or so, or... so L- Linda Blair is, uh, the actress who plays the little girl in the exorcist. Oh, so she was the obnoxious reporter that like runs up to, uh, officer Dewey is like, we have a right to know what happened. Oh yeah. That is her. Yeah. The, yep. with the, she had the, yeah, we have a right to know. Um, what was, what was the line? What was her line again? In that moment, we have a right to know about the attack. Is that what she said? Well, anyway, it did make an impression on me when I watched it. She she was very obnoxious. So let me ask you this, uh, Keller. Did you notice her the first time you watched? I noticed her character. I didn't know her, it was a... that it was Linda Blair. No, yeah. Okay, yeah. So this is my, like, 40th time watching Scream, and this was the first time without looking at, like, the background information being like, is that fucking Linda Blair? <laughs> oh, interesting. So that's what I love. You just like, yeah, there's just so many layers to the movie. And last and definitely not least, Wes Craven as Fred. This is her line. Okay, go ahead. Sydney, how does it feel to be almost brutally butchered? People want to know. They have a right to know. How does it feel? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's like like worse than uh, Gail Weathers. That is, yeah. All right, go. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was just saying, last but definitely not least, Wes Craven as Fred the Jander. It doesn't get more meta than that. Come on. Oh, come on. Did it's you know like... that was Wes? No, I didn't. <clears throat> you know what I'm talking about, right? When yes. the principal peeks his head out. Yep. Yep. Good. Yeah, I would never would have recognized him. All right, well, uh, dude, that's like all I have for for uh, characters. Obviously, there's like a lot of other minor ones that I, I don't really think we need to to sift through. We'll, they'll just kind of get their justice as we're going through some of the scenes. But what do you say we uh, take a bite out of this pie? Let's do it. Awesome. So the opening scene with uh, Drew Barrymore and her getting the phone call and and speaking with the ghost face killer what were you feeling when she first picked up that phone oh it felt like 
a lot of movies that I'd seen before with having the creepy voice over the phone. And yeah, like that is such a trope now <clears throat> or it had been. I also felt like very cozy watching this scene because she had the popcorn going. Yeah, it was just a cool house and yeah, she was setting up to watch some Halloween. I was like, yeah, that sounds like a awesome night right yeah. there. <laughs> just happens to get a creepy call I, I do agree that it definitely feels cozy and yeah but i think a part that just is so creepy to me is you know he's being kind of flirty with her and you, you have a boyfriend or whatever and uh the the part that just like sends like chills down my spine is when was it what did he say like you still haven't told me your name and she goes, why do you need to know my name? And he goes, because I need to know who I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. She goes, what? I, just, I seriously just got chills just like saying that right now. <laughs> He's like, I need to know who I'm talking to. And then she Yeah, gets, they did like, a good job um, with those lines of just like the I'm on your front porch line or yep. um, like that's the twist. I know that, that she hangs up on him and then he calls again and Another another perfect line was when she was like, "Stop calling me," blah blah. And it hangs up to him, then he calls back, and then he cuts her off, and then he says like, "If you hang up on me, I'll gut you like a fucking fish." Like just such a vicious line delivery. Just it's scary, you know. Uh-huh. It's like I, yeah, I just really. felt like that was a the perfect way to put it. Like yeah, it adds stakes to the scene where he's not just fucking around it's not just like a yeah. crank collar or whatever or just like they could have they could have been lazy and been like if you hang up i'll fucking kill you no like i will i'll fucking gut you like a fish that is fucking brutal killer <laughs> yeah and that also seems like i mean they literally did that too like he ended up yeah. getting her like a fish that's true i didn't yeah. even think about that before this followed through now we know that like shit's going down and since I've seen this movie so many times, I, I try to like pin pin down who's who's Ghostface Killer in these scenes, right? You know, when you're like when when you know it's Stu and and, and it's Billy, and we both can agree that this was definitely Billy, right? This one because Stu had the alibi that he was with Tatum that night. Yeah, because like he he says I was with Tatum and. Um... Something else gets said where it's like not all night though, or like how long. Mm-hmm. Um, so it could be either them because Stu also talks about like in depth how to gut something. So, and like um, Billy is looking at him like, dude, what are you talk? What are you yeah. saying right now? Um, <clears throat> like nobody accused you of doing anything. That's right. Why are you, why are you saying that? I definitely didn't do it. So I think it could have been Stu, but I don't know. It's hard for me to tell at this point. I I feel like I have to get to a point where I've watched it more than twice to to know. Yeah, I and the thing that I love about watching it for the fourth time is like like seeing uh, the interactions between Stu and Billy before. Yeah, like shit goes down and like the nonverbal cues, especially yep. that water fountain scene. I'm not trying to get too far ahead here, but like that is such a good tell right there. Exactly. Yeah. What's going on? And like, I can't remember if both of them are wearing them, but like at least one of them is wearing the, the black boots. 
that match like the killer's costume. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Cool. So you just kind of pick up on on these certain things. But all right, let's get back to Casey on the phone with Ghostface Killer. She's playing a trivia game with Ghostface Killer and her boyfriend is it's revealed that her boyfriend is taped to a chair on the back patio and she has to get these horror movie questions uh, related questions correct in order to save him and i actually love the the trick that he pulls on her so the 13th trick yep yep he's like jason she's like so calm jason 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 and he's like Ooh, sorry. I'm afraid the original killer was Pamela Voorhees. This is such a horror nerd movie. Yep. Yeah. I wouldn't have gotten to that before you got me to watch Friday the 13th. Ghostface would have killed me. I probably would have killed me anyway. That's right. Yeah. Well, you know that it would have, anyways, because at the end, Billy's like, You get it wrong, you die. And then he goes and he's like, You get it right, you die. (laughs) <laughs> either way you fucking die but yeah then then we like we see that she turns on the lights again and and steve's been gutted like a fish right like exactly and uh <laughs> his fucking uh entrails are out and like steaming and that's like one thing about the screen franchise they love to show that and that's why this movie had so much. I think they had to submit it three times to the N- MPAA to to avoid an NC seventeen rating because it was specifically way too entrails. Uh, yeah, like entrails and just like the steaming entrails specifically. Yep. Yeah, steaming entrails and oh, what was it? One very specific one was when Kenny dies too. When he gets his neck slit, I guess they had like gushing blood. And instead, it just kind of streams down. Like that's right, yeah, yeah. I mean, still, it was pretty brutal. But yeah, now we have the we have the scene where she's getting chased around the house, and then I also was reading about how the popcorn that she leaves on the stove is symbolism of the tension rising in the situation. Yeah, that's which that's a good I didn't parallel. I didn't even think of until. I read that and watched this last time. I'm like, holy shit. Like, yeah, because it's on fire and <laughs> going crazy while she's running around the house. Yeah. And it's crazy. She gets outside and then she's like peeking down and then she peeks up and she sees that. That's the thing that's kind of cool is like there isn't this like huge, massive reveal that they like to do in some of these horror movies with their with their killers, um, like in the costume. Like the first time we see him is she's kind of peeking through a window and he's like, he's sneaking around. You know what I mean? Like he's not mm-hmm. coming out, coming out of a shadow or like jumping down from a or tree. Or just like st- doing the horror movie stance where they're just yep. like, like strapped up, standing straight upright. It's like out, out a window. Yeah. Yep, staring dude. at them. Exactly. So I thought that was awesome. And then, yeah, the next time she looks, he's like right there in the window and smashes, uh, smashes through and then chases her well it's funny because now the the parents have come home it's all this chaos and she's been like fighting him off and stuff like that and then she gets does she get stabbed before she tries yelling for her parents when they go inside or was that i think so she gets stabbed at least one time so i know you haven't seen 
Halloween too, and I guess this won't like ruin anything, but another thing that just kind of like dawned on me when I'm watching this is when she's like, oh, she can't get like the words out. She's like, she's trying to scream for her parents. And then she, the only time she can actually make noise is after they've gone inside. Where she goes, mom, like that. Mm. Halloween, the, the OG Halloween two, it's like the same exact thing happens in that. I'm like, holy shit. Like I didn't realize that Wow, they kind of took it from that. But uh, yeah, this like next scene like kind of it's like it's kind of brutal because these parents are picking up the phone and they're hearing their daughters getting Jeez. fucking just gutted. Yeah, for them to like not see it first to yep. hear it over the phone is a pretty insane idea that they threw in. That 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 was really original. I like that, but yeah, still just brutal. Yeah, she's getting she's getting uh, dragged through the front yard with the phone still in her hand, and they can hear it all. And then open up the front door, and they like zoom in on her hung up on a tree, basically. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, fucking Stu and or Billy is really strong. Gotta give yeah, for they've had to have like yeah, like had something like set up there, some rig already. Just like oh, put her head in it and. Well, as hard as he can. <laughs> now we go to Sydney's bedroom where I like that they kind of show it's like foreshadowing what's going to happen later with her closet door and her bedroom door. Yeah. Looking open. in it from this. Yeah. Yep. It's cool. Yeah. Cause her dad or no, her dad doesn't come in first. Billy comes in through the window and uh, tries uh, charming her. You know, you know what I thought? I was thinking like I Skeet Ulrich did a great job in this movie, but a part of me was thinking like was their first choice Johnny Depp? <laughs> he does kind of look like discount yeah. Johnny Depp. Yeah, dollar store Johnny Depp, but also I saw uh um Ben Affleck was he tried out for the role. Oh, that would have been interesting. I could see that too. I could see it. I did think that like Wes wanted like I I swear there was something about how he kind of treated them at least in the beginning before we find out about Billy's motives and that he's a killer that Sydney and Billy are kind of like Nancy and Glenn because mm-hmm. that's jo- that's Johnny Depp in the original so that would kind of check out and make sense but uh billy's a horn dog isn't he yeah that's that's all he's really thinking about <clears throat> except i think he's more of a horn dog for stew there is yeah there, there are theories that those two might be lovers yeah i've read those and um but yeah his his first like dialogue in this movie talking about like the um like we're being pg right now (laughs) we started out pg-13 now we've just gone to the um to pg or whatever talking about that and then he brings that up again later on uh it's just good foreshadowing for how just like he thinks of life as basically being a movie with no consequences and that's only lens he sees life through yeah yeah because yeah he mentions it later and that's when uh sydney's like 
or a really bad porno or something like that. And you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Life is a movie. Yeah, it's all just a one big grand old movie. They almost get caught and the dad almost walks in on them. And that's where we get the information about, hey, I'm going on this business trip at this hotel and blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, that's a way to get him out of the picture. She flashes him at least, right? At least he got he got that. Yeah, yeah. What is it? Yeah, she said then like would you settle for pg-13 yeah he's like and he he almost is like looks like disgusted or he's like oh god <laughs> she got hairy nipples or, or something no he's like oh you're killing me here oh yeah yeah such a tease <laughs> such a tease shave those things come on <laughs> that's r that's r-rated oh god that's nc-17 baby that's messed up <laughs> Yeah, and then I think we well, the, hold on. So the was his whole thing about the relationship starting out NC seventeen and being PG. Now was that about horror movies, like starting out, or like they were brutal and then like they got like uh, sanitized or uh, no, so made for TV was what he said. Now we're just like made for tv um so that's probably a thing about slashers being like these big like bloody things and now they're just like made for tv boring sanitized versions yeah probably yeah that that, that hit me the second time i watched i'd say so so then do we cut to the next day at school I believe so, where um, they learn about the Casey died. Mm-hmm. Casey died. Yes, Casey and Steve are dead. And then Gail Weathers is is there. She's on the case. Yep. Doing her hair and makeup, getting ready for it all. I don't know why I'm blanking on this. I'm like, I know exactly what happens after like this with like the fountain and then Sydney's house, but I can't remember what happened. Yeah. In this specific scene. Yeah. They walk up to the school. Casey's like, or sorry, uh, Tatum is talking about like, yeah, they got totally gutted or something. And um, Can you imagine somebody explaining a murder like that? Yeah, they got totally <laughs> gutted. <laughs> oh, sorry. I forgot that your mom was just murdered a year year ago. Your mom was brutally murdered last year. Sorry to sorry to bring that up. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I I do remember my next big memory is the is the fountain after that. Well, yeah, so we've we've already gone through like all the characters but they all kind of like trickle in here it's kind of a scene to to show them all uh like at the high school so we can probably get to the fountain scene then yeah let's just do that let's just do the fountain scene yeah it's like they're all chilling it's almost like breakfast club like feels like to me it's giving me those types of vibes (laughs) but molly ringwald almost was um that's right yeah movie Oh my god, that's that's funny. But yeah, they're all just kind of like sitting around, like, 
Like, who do you think did that? Who who would do such a thing? No, you're so right. Well, we're talking about how like the nonverbal cues between Billy and Stu are so good in the scene and in the in next rewatchings of it. Because yeah, you just see like Billy being like, "What are you saying, dude?" Yeah. Um, and Stu's almost like proud of uh like talking about or just like making fun of the situation and um like wants to talk about it and uh yeah talking about like oh this is this is how you gut a deer yeah because like tatum's like i i want to be able to eat my lunch i'm so sick about it (laughs) yeah talking about that yeah sydney's like uncomfortable this entire time obviously like nobody has any like spatial awareness that you know, it's like the one year anniversary from when her mother was brutally murdered and Yeah. And Tatum's like genuinely trying to protect Sydney in this scene, like have yeah. some class or whatever. And um Billy's trying to get Stu to shut up too, but just it can be passed off as protecting Sydney, but it's just so like he doesn't give himself away. I feel Yeah. Like. Yeah, that's totally true. Cause like probably before watching it yeah it's like yeah he's just trying to like protect her but like now when i watch all i see is like this evil glare that he has Uh, it's almost like he doesn't lose that evil glare like there's there's a sense of innocence to billy when he crawls through that window and that single scene and then for the rest of the movie he has that glare you know what i'm talking about when he's in the when he's in the jail or the police station and then when he sees her in the hallway and then when he in the movie store and then uh, at the party, he just has this like demeanor that's completely off from when we were. Yeah, he's like daring the viewer to not think that he's he's the killer. Yeah, and um, I mean, it, yeah, we're just like, well, he's so obviously the killer that he can't be because that's the way it almost always is in yep. movies. But they they pull it out from under you again. What was Randy part of that scene? I thought it was just the couples. Randy was there. He was? Well. Yeah. Okay. Because Randy, too, or oh, Randy yeah. was the one who was like, well, how do we know where you were, Stu? Um, Stu was like, I didn't do it. And, um, well, Billy was like, well, nobody said that you did it, Stu, or something. Yeah, that's right. I'm actually looking at the photo of them at the fountain right now, and both Billy and Stu have black boots on oh perfect and randy has neon no like lime green like tennis shoes on (laughs) come on dude that's disgusting have some class around nev come on yeah and is this when uh sydney talks about how her dad's gonna be gone for on like a business trip and then tatum's like Oh, I have. Did she say she had like practice or something, and that she was gonna pick her up? Yeah. After that. That's so, good. so that kind of has like the same that scene where she eventually gets like dropped off, taking the school bus too. I don't know. I don't know why that scene has always thrown me off so much because I know that they're like they're 
teenagers. Yeah, that school. did throw me off too. But don't they all like? I guess it seemed like they should be driving around. Especially okay. Uh, listen, I, maybe she doesn't have a car. I'm sorry, but the, you're living on the top of what looks like Hollywood Hills yeah. in this mansion type house. Like, you got a fucking car. Don't don't lie to me. You got a moped at least. Get out of here with that, that shit. That keeps her grounded down to earth with the with the average viewer. At least she takes the bus still. Yeah. And then anyways, in, in this scene, right, we see Ghostface Killer in the fucking like forestry in the background. Remember that? No. What? And when she's walking into her home. Yep. So she walks into her home and then uh and it's it's kind of like the same shot from uh from like the the grocery store or the gas station where you where you see ghostface in the reflection of the the coolers mm-hmm. so it was kind of like that where it's like kind of just this like oh dang i'll have to watch for that next time it's it's, it's super goofy because i don't like it because he's kind of like like bobbing his head like i'm trying to be sneaky and he's like trying to like sneak through and everything but anyways my point i was trying to get to was um when she gets home and she's like she's watching the TV and it's Gail Weathers story about the murder trial and the one year anniversary of her mom's death. And it shows cotton weary. She's like trying to deal with this. Like it's like opening up this wound and she's trying to deal with this trauma again. And then uh, I think she like talks to Tatum on the phone and eventually like falls asleep and waits for her to show up. Did that not remind you of Halloween when mm. Lori was that's a good point walking home you know freaked out yep. going to her house waiting for uh god what's her name again uh annie yep annie to to pick her up and even calls her and because remember someone called they hung up and she had to call again so cool parallels. annie is a good parallel to to tatum they have yeah. some spunk in common yeah definitely Totally. Um, yeah, because she she wakes up and I think she calls Tatum and is like, "Where are you? We're supposed to be here like an hour ago." And she said, "Like practice ran late that she was going to run to the movie store and uh, be on her way." And then they remember her line: "Let's let's rent uh, all the right moves, and if you pause it at the right time, you can see Tom Cruise's penis." <laughs> That's right. He's like, sure, I guess we can watch that tonight. I'm fine with it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is where she has her first interaction with Ghostface Killer. He uh, he gives her, gives her a little ring ring, but she initially thinks that it's Tatum because she just got off the phone with her. Yeah, that also is very uh, Halloween where she thinks it's somebody playing a prank one of yep. her buddies playing a p- prank call right and she's waiting for her friends and yep. had just gotten off the phone with them yeah so then ghost face voice comes through i can't remember his like line of dialogue in this where um well he's talking about movies like horror movies and she's like playing along with with the yep. stuff yeah and the entire time she's well right away she's taking it as a joke because she thinks it's randy calling from the video store yeah because he's the he's the horror movie guy yep 
doesn't he use the same line to be like, I want to know who I'm looking at? He says that again, I'm pretty sure. Um, well, she said something along the lines of very original. And he said, like, here's the original part. I'm on your front porch. There you something. go. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, she's like, oh, you're in my closet or something. Like, no, here's the original part. I'm on your front porch. Yeah. Yeah, because then she goes out there. She checks on it. It's building all the suspense. And then, yeah, she, you can tell that she puts her guard down when she, she doesn't see anything. And then she starts uh, picking her nose. And she's like, what am I doing? If you can see me, you can say what I'm doing. Picking her not fucking nostrils. Yeah, she goes inside. She's just looking for an excuse to do that. Yeah, she's All like, God, if my nostrils been whistling for the past hour. I need to get this thing out. This crystal. I have somebody hunting me, so I have an excuse to do it. This booger's been in here for so long, it's crystallized. Gotta get it out of my brain. Then another just like very impactful line by the ghost face killers when she's about to hang up and then he says something like if you hang up I'll I'll fucking kill you like your mother or some shit like that right yeah and that like stops her in her tracks and yeah I yeah like her eyes well up you can tell mm-hmm. like yeah she so, acts the scene so well yeah like go to hell or whatever yeah, then does he he does come out of the closet, doesn't he? Yeah. I want to look back at what the full dialogue for that scene is on Ghostface's part cuz I remember that being super clever. Yeah. But yeah. Well, now, well, now that you think of it, if if he did say like or if she's like, "Oh, let me guess you're in the closet." And he goes, "Try the front porch." And like if he actually was in the closet, that's yeah. actually kind of funny. <laughs> You know, or he, another he could, like double subversion, right? Like, he could have already been in the closet, or when she opened the door, he could have snuck past her and gotten in the closet. That would be very, very sneaky. Yes, yeah, there it you goes go. Under, goes under her legs. Yep, what the hell? What are you doing? Nev is just looking straight forward, <laughs> does not look down. Yeah, and this is where. Yeah, fuck, dude. She is a fighter, and then she's like battling with him, and um... that's one of the great things about this movie is Ghostface gets the hell beat out of him so yep. often in yeah. a cartoonish way. Yeah, that's what's like. I, I do enjoy that about uh, the Scream movies because some of these other ones, it's like they're just Terminator, indestructible. Like, yeah, they get fucked up, but like they they never like show that they're in pain or doesn't like ever stop them. Like Ghostface gets stopped like plenty of times Like he's gotten knocked out. He's been like put down and like kicked in the balls and stuff like that. So um, yeah, it makes it believable as like a teenage, just like human killer. Yep. Sloppy. That's yeah. what it seems like. Yeah. And a little ridiculous. Like sometimes it's like, it feels like he has like, in all the other sequels too, it's like they have banana peels on their shoes. Yeah. Wh- yeah wherever he they're going. Heel, he goes head over heels every single time he gets hit. Yep. Yeah. It's like the cartoon where their like feet are like running while they're in place every time. It's like trying to get going. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was pretty like pretty crazy. Cause he like chases her upstairs and she somehow, uh, he, 
gets her closet oh, that, door to, to that's the other thing in this scene is her on the phone earlier is like uh you think i'm one of those girls who will just who's like dumb and will run up run straight up the stairs at the first sign of trouble instead of running outside and oh. as soon as he like chases her in the house she goes straight up the stairs sydney 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 <laughs> dumb little shit didn't follow your own advice yeah and then hey i want to know how i can download that 911 chat software on my yeah that was amazing amazing bit of retro technology i was like what is happening here <laughs> i could not fathom what was I, yeah i'm also like do our <laughs> laptops have the capability now to do that like yeah, is that like a lost bit of like an artifact that's um like we were more advanced in the past like the yeah. like atlantis or something yeah like the pyramids generating earth's energy yeah that was super super funny but yeah now billy crawls in through the window and uh ghostface is no longer behind her gives uh gives billy a hug and the phone falls out of his pocket <laughs> Oh, no, 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 no. Yep, so that... I mean, Ghostface disappeared so fast that you're like, well, Billy couldn't have teleported from there to there. Right. So that that makes you think, like, it's not him, but the phone... It's like... So it just generates some doubts in in this. You're kind of 50-50 on it, where, like, maybe they just didn't care about how long it would take for him to run over there. But you don't, you aren't even thinking about two killers at this yep. point the first time you're watching. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're not even it's not even like a thought. So but yeah, what, sure. so what's uh what would have scared oh cause she called nine one one? That's that's what made them abort their finishing it off. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because she had been like chatting with with uh with the police and they got there really really fast too yeah, that was good response time so we can both agree that we think that it was probably both of them there it have to be right yeah yeah maybe billy was on the phone while Stu was doing was i like think they were both at everyone but uh they just switched who was in the in the costume and who gotcha. was on the phone that could definitely be it because like think... at the at the last party, well, we'll get to each each one where where they're coming back from stuff. But yeah, what were you gonna say? Do you think that it was always their their master plan to kill Sydney at Stu's house or party? Well, like as a like as kind of like a meaningful climactic type like ending or like uh yeah or or just i know that like the curfew had to be put in and like all this other stuff had to align for them to have it that way but do you think that like they just attacked her to like it be part of their game and to like spook her mm. and they weren't actually going to kill like her that part time? of their mo- part of their movie to have like a yeah a scare moment for her right i think that if Nev hadn't got if Sydney hadn't gotten to the 
to her magical laptop that they would have finished it wasn't it even plugged in <laughs> <laughs> I think they would have just uh just finished it right there because yeah. because that's like the the home invasion slasher movies that they would have been into but ended up like working out almost better for them that they could get her on like Stu's home turf type of thing yeah well yeah because the only thing i can think of is like framing her dad it was perfect yeah yes that, that would have been perfect for that yeah yep hmm. interesting but yeah then we get the the jump scare when sydney runs downstairs open the door and there's officer dewey holding up the mask and the knife yeah so it's like the movie trying to tell you maybe dewey is yeah involved because he got there so fast too yep exactly yeah, and then they, they arrest Billy. Tatum shows up, and I think that, yeah, they put him back in the squad car, and then it's it's actually, like, really bad ADR with Billy. Where he's I like, think I might have that in that scene, too, yeah. <laughs> he's, going down, he's, like, falling down a well. He's like, no, he just, he was put into the back of a squad car, and he's driving away. And that's where he's, like, starting that glare thing. I love when Tatum shows up, and uh, she's, like, asking all these questions, and, like, Dewey's, like, can't be here right now like he's like and then i can't remember what she said to him she's like you you know you heard what mom said right you remember what mom said that when i wear this badge you have to treat me with respect. yeah <laughs> he's desperate yeah all right so next we go to the police station where billy's being booked and sid and tatum are at the police station i think just answering some questions and uh this is when uh billy's dad shows up and uh talks about where he was the other night in regards to um the murders of casey and steve and they uh his dad did not know that he went out that night <clears throat> it was a surprise to him he didn't he seems like kind of uh there's a little bit of a disconnect between billy and old old dad billy yeah for sure. They're like, Sheriff, I didn't kill anybody. He had like a weird <laughs> accent when he said it. I didn't kill anybody. No, oh, who do you sound like? Uh, Sheriff, I didn't kill anybody. Christopher Walken. Sheriff, I didn't kill anybody. I'll just listen to that one again. I've always thought that. Um, and then we get it. We get the the Sydney stare, where he turns yeah, around and he's stare and just like looks like a killer. Yeah. It's like, how dare you? How dare you? By the way, can you hear my kid? Just barely. Okay. Well, hopefully the noise reduction takes that out because I can hear him clear as day. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, so I'm pretty sure they just like leave or whatever. Or they, they ask her like, oh, they ask about her dad, remember? And she's like, yeah, he's checked into the whatever hotel and then Dewey's like somehow he can look up all the records for people that have checked into hotels he's like there's no record of uh, Neil Prescott checking into any hotels in America <laughs> yeah very efficient pre-google searching yeah. in America there's nobody yeah. there's nobody that has that name in your, America your dad is just uh, he's eloping he's just he's gone you never had a dad, Sydney. You were born in a tube. And then is this the night that 
yes it is because uh well actually i don't want to skip over this part uh they talk about letting her go through the backside of the police department because this is super mm. important and gail weathers is there with kenny her uh cameraman and uh <laughs> they come around the back and they end up like meeting each other and i just love it where uh She's like, care to comment on uh, what happened tonight? And then, what was the line she said? And then she punched. Then she punched her in the face. Yeah, it was like doctor. Something like get your scoop, bitch, or something. Oh wait, no, didn't she punch Gail like at the school? No, she she punched her behind the police station. Because we get the next scene where they're at Tatum's house and Tatum's like reliving with her, and she goes, "Bam!" The bitch goes down. Oh yeah, I can't, I can't remember what she said. She said like, "How's this for your story?" And like, socks or something yeah, like you're that. Right, you're right. You're right. Also, also, oh my god, cannot believe I haven't said this yet. Absolute stone cold fox, Courtney Cox, in this. Absolute stone nickname. cold. Absolute Stone Cold Fox number Fox number two. They call her Stone Cold Cox. That Campbell. I mean, we got two Stone Cold Foxes in the house. It's kind of a. It's kind of who nice. wins if they're actually fighting to the death? Do you think, if, based on what we've we've seen with their skill skill sets in the scream? I think Sydney beats her. I think Sydney beats the living shit out of her. Actually. Yeah, I mean, uh, Courtney survived a car crash. That's got to count for something. Sydney's been through so much more. <laughs> Sydney survives the emotional abuse, and Courtney just takes a beating. Yeah, I just don't think there's no quitting in Sydney. She'd just keep going. She'd be like the Terminator. There'd be no stopping her. <clears throat> but yeah, fucking right hooks Gail in the face. And uh, then, like I said, we get the scene where they're like, Reliving it, and she goes, "Sid, you're a badass." Tatum's like, "Sid, you're a badass." She's I like, love that scene. Comment, bam, the bitch goes down. Then she says it again. Yep, bam, the bitch goes down. Yeah, they're just like chit chatting, and then that's when Tatum's mom comes in and says, "Sydney, there's a a phone call for you." She's like, "Is it my dad?" No, it doesn't sound like it. Which also, like, after everything, like. There's no spatial awareness for this mother. Like everything that's been happening, you just you, you, you can't <laughs> no, be. This like, sounds like some random man. Who is this? Oh, don't worry about it. Is this for you? Take yeah. it it's for you. This is the hotel that her father is supposed to check into. We're just wondering, you know, if we can charge the credit card that's on file. <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't showed up yet. Yeah, but anyway, she answers it, and uh, it's uh, the ghost face killer, and. Uh, this is kind of where the movie tries to steer you <clears throat> away from thinking that it might be Billy because he's booked in jail. And yep. uh, yeah, so it's it's kind of something where they're they're like, how could he make the phone call? He's uh, he's in a jail cell. And oh. especially when Dewey is like, hey, I'm just right around the corner if you if you need me. And then she gets the call like right after he leaves and he comes out after the call's over. Um, I love that. And he goes, yeah, hello. Like very seriously. <laughs> <laughs> and it's clearly like, a random a, part to throw in. The dial tone is like, like green. He's like, hello. hello. It's like, yeah, it's, it's over. Okay. It's done. 
like um, trying to do the voice. But yeah, I think that next morning is when they're we get that scene where they're going to school where Linda Blair like confronts Sydney mm-hmm. as she's getting out of the vehicle. We, we deserve, deserve to know what it's like. Yeah, we deserve to know about the attack. The attack. And then, uh, what was it? It was wasn't it. Uh, Sydney had like a change of heart and like approached uh, Gail at her at her van, and she's like, "Don't take one step closer." Yeah, she's like, "I'm not here to fight." Yeah. Wasn't it something about like rewriting the like narrative of? Yeah, because Gail's whole thing is that uh, Sydney, like, she fingered the wrong man, and her and Cotton's in jail when he shouldn't be. Yeah, so we get like more like background about that whole situation there, and. Yeah, basically, like Gail's like, no, I believe that there's an innocent man behind bars. Or she actually had a really good line where she's like, I think you, I think you think you know, or I think you think Cotton Weary did it, but I don't think he actually did it. Like something along those lines. Yeah, she said, um, Sydney said, do you still think he's innocent? Gail said he was convicted in a court of law. Your testimony put him away. It doesn't matter what I think. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. And you're starting to think like, okay, maybe Gail's like really altruistic, actually, not yeah. just in for a story. And then um, Kenny brings something up similar to that, but uh, but Gail just was like, "Do you realize how about how many books I'm going to sell?" <laughs> If he is innocent. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but yeah, this is where we get the uh, the scene at school where this is the first time she sees Billy in the empty hallways in between classes. Remember? Awkward, like, 10-foot distance between Did the two. Did she confront Billy before or after the, the bathroom scene? No, because she's, like, crying from meeting up with Billy, right? Yeah, 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 she runs into the bathroom, and it only gets worse from there. But, yeah, it was, like, somehow he had had known about the the phone call, and then he was, like, how could I have done it? I was booked in jail, and he, like, shows his hand because he had, like, the fingerprints done. That's a good point. How did he know about the phone call, I wonder? Probably Tatum or something. But, yeah, it was just, like, super tense. And then, again, he's, like, talking about how they don't have enough sex. Yeah. in this like scenario or it's I want like, my girlfriend back yeah I'll, he's like he's like we started off real hot and heavy and then your mom died your mom got murdered and now we've like taken a step back like what's now going on made for tv pg yeah and she's just like how like oh it's a teenage boy <laughs> well yeah um and well he's like it's been almost a year since your mom died. Almost a year since your oh, mom died. It's yes. time to like move on at a certain point. And she's like, yeah. it's one, one day until the anniversary of my mom's death. It's, it's like, yeah. You, you kind of think at this point that Billy... My thought when I first watched it was like, okay, Billy's like a terrible person, but he's not the killer because of the phone call that happened while he was in jail. Yeah. I was kind of convinced by that, which... Yeah, this is great, great writing. 
I basically thought it was Billy all the way up until he got fake killed later on. Like even like all the scene, just like the video store scene and everything. Just like I was like, yeah, this guy. Yeah, and I thought it was again, like again during the video video store scene. Yeah, and then yeah, again up until he got knifed. I did go. It was a roller coaster with with thinking it was Billy because they put it in your face so much uh, throughout the movie. Did you ever think that it was Stu at all? Um. I don't think so. I don't think I ever suspected Stu the first time around. I thought it was because I didn't know it was. I didn't put two and two together that it was two people until I know. until the reveal. I was the same. Yeah, same for me. I was like, he's too like goofy. Yeah, just, like, exactly. Dumb. To... Yeah, it seemed like kind of the same boat. Like pretty, just like stupid, terrible person, but not like murder yeah like but yeah anyway she runs into the bathroom and then those like two cheerleaders or whatever or not cheerleaders well i think one of them had cheerleading costume on and yeah then, one of them did uh so these two girls from her high school start talking about like how much of a like slut they thought her mom was which like she went into the bathroom to escape <laughs> the topic and then they're <laughs> yeah. like two randoms tears that are talking. just a terrible conversation too like yeah uh, and even her friend was like god oh my god you are messed up yeah and she's like <laughs> damn her mom died come on she's like whatever <laughs> fucking slut yeah that was like cartoonishly a terrible person but apparently she... one of them I, I don't know which one but one of them was a uh, skeet Ulrich's girlfriend at the time in real life Oh really, Billy? Yeah. Well, that just explains it, right? Yeah. There. Yep. Just putting seedlings in her head. Apple doesn't fall fall from far from the tree. No. Even if you shake it. And then she gets out. She's trying to like kind of gather herself a little bit in in the mirror. I think she hears something, and then looks back. Yeah, and she hears a voice, like somebody say Sydney. That's oh yeah, it's like a whisper saying Sydney. Yeah, we kind of sit there for a bit in suspense, and then she sees like the boots come down from the stall, like they're standing on top of the toilet, and yeah, she's which would be underneath. terrifying. Oh, that'd be yeah. But the funny thing was, like, they kind of like the way they shot that scene almost was like Sydney. Sydney still stood there and was like watching, like, oh, somebody stepped down. Yeah, she and did then, not have <clears throat> like a sense of urgency to get out of there. Until like the the fucking black tape thing came down. His like uh his actual like costume, mm. the part of it. And then she's like, Oh, oh god. That confirms it. <laughs> oh no, it's him. Like, come on, get the fuck out of there. But yeah, she uh she gets out, she evades the the killer, which also is like, how the fuck is this guy? How are they getting away every single time? Like, I know that's, they're slippery. That's they're fast risky. And slippery. That's yeah, especially really... doing it in the school. I feel like, well, yeah, I feel like that was a. I don't know if they would have actually killed her there, but they might have just wanted to to freak her out. That was for sure, Stu, right? Because she had just got done talking to Billy. Yeah, I'd I'd imagine so. I would, yeah think that would be Stu. It's like crazy to think about like was it 
Billy's intention to like, I'm going to upset her and she, I'm going to try to lure her into the bathroom and you're going to be in there and wait for her or whatever. I suppose like they would have had to know that she went into the bathroom. Like mm-hmm. either one of them saw her go in there or she just is known to go cry in the bathroom from time to time. <laughs> so she's just waiting up in the ductwork in yep. the middle of the bathroom. I'm pretty sure after that, we get the scene with uh, Principal Himbry and like the two kids that were running around in the ghost face uh, costumes. This is a great. It was yeah, it was awesome. He's like despicable. You guys make me sick. And he's taking like the scissors and like s- like snipping it in front of their faces and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I really, I actually laughed out loud during during that scene. Yeah, I liked it. That's where like the real like the tongue in cheek stuff was coming in for this movie. Yeah, they mix in a lot of physical comedy along with just like the the witty lines. Mm. Oh come yeah, on, they, Prince Henry. They also they do multiple things with the principal. Um, that kind of make him out to be a creep because at the very beginning, when or like close to the beginning, when Sydney goes to the principal's office, he like touches her face really weirdly, like oh. uncomfortably, mm-hmm. and then. Um, when he does the memorial like announcement for uh what's her name that died oh uh casey casey and steve yep um he also i can't remember what he said but it was kind of just like a skeevy message that he put out and or like that he's like he was like too upset almost in a weird way um about casey's death but yeah well you remember the press conference that the police that the chief of police gave right where he's like ah well shit happens (laughs) like that would nowadays can you imagine (laughs) like a bunch of teenagers get killed in the town the police chief's like we're looking for them shit happens Um, they didn't clone the cell phone yeah uh but yeah then they he kicks him out he's like get out of my get out of my sight uh they but they leave behind the uh the costume and i'm pretty sure after this he makes like the announcement that there's going to be this like curfew like school's canceled mm-hmm. and there's going to be this curfew people are cheering we get the scene of uh Tatum and and Stu and uh and Sydney walking home and she or Stu's like, party at my house tonight. You coming? Picks up Tatum. It's just like this, just a meathead. Just, <laughs> just like a like, sack of potatoes. Over the top. Matt Matthew Lillard is over the top in this movie. I love it, but he is just over the top. Um yeah, just his like tongue stuff, how he like emphasizes he won't like laugh at stuff. He'll just like stick his tongue out as far as he can and smile. Like Stu actually like I, whenever I think of like just the typical like teenage party character or even like college party character, I just like think of him cuz he's like the cartoonish type. I feel like I would love to hang out with him in real life. Well, if he wasn't a killer, right? <sighs> Even if he was, like, if I'm not yeah, getting killed, <laughs> believe in second chances. I wouldn't hang out with Billy, but Stu at least has some redeeming 
fun qualities. With Stu, it feels like anything goes. Like you could say whatever you want, and you could just like riff back and forth with him. With Billy, I feel like you'd be like, "What do you mean by that?" He gets, yeah, like, he doesn't get curious. sarcasm. Yeah, he doesn't get us, dude. Fuck that guy. He's not invited to our party. Yeah, so Stu is inviting everybody to the to the big bash. And then yeah, because Tatum's like, you should come, Sid. Take your mind off all this, and you'll be around a a bunch of people, so it'll be safe. Actually, maybe Stu said that. There'll be like totally a lot of people there, so you're gonna. I'll keep you safe. Yeah, doesn't he say that? Like, yeah, he said I'll safe. keep you safe. Yeah, that's so pretty, pretty good to try to lure her to the party. And this is just like we'll get to it, but like just the whole, the whole strategy of it is just genius, of like how everything works out at the party. Uh, and then we cut back to Principal Hembry like putting on the screen mask and like stabbing po- at the mirror. Yeah. And like doing poses and stuff. And then he like starts hearing, hearing things. And this is where we get the cameo of Wes Craven as Fred, the, the janitor and the Freddy Krueger um, sweater, which is uh, just awesome. Yeah. I didn't catch that too. Really? Yeah. You'll have to next time you watch next time you watch, but yeah, he comes back in and then, he, I think he like thinks someone's like in the closet. He opens up the closet, but then they're actually like behind the door, and uh, they kill the motherfucker. They actually kind of have like for nineteen ninety six some pretty cool effects where they showed like the knife in the reflection of his eye. Yeah, his, his iris. I was like, that was uh, that actually looked good. Didn't look like a pile of dog shit. So, yeah, it could easily looked very cheesy or outdated. Yeah. So. Principal Hembry. So that was definitely um, that was definitely Billy. Mm-hmm. I killed him. Yep. Yeah, they had this whole plan. I think the next scene, the next two scenes, actually, I, I really do like because they're obviously not happening at the same time. But we're like cutting back and forth. It seems like from Tatum. So this is where where Dewey is driving the. Tatum and Sydney into town and he that's where he gets his like ice cream cone and it's like funny yeah. because he's like talking to the chief while he's smoking a cigarette and he's like licking his ice cream cone like looking serious and stuff like that <laughs> um, and then uh, the girls are at like a convenience store and they're getting fucking snacks and stuff for the for the party and wasn't the dialogue something about like yeah Billy just wants to have sex. That's like all he thinks about or whatever. And then did, did, didn't Tatum say something to like basically be like, well, it has been a year or, or not like about her mother, but just like, uh, like it's been a while since you guys had sex. Like <laughs> maybe you should satisfy his needs. Yeah. Thanks Tatum. Well, yeah. Is this where they, this isn't where they have the conversation about, uh, Sydney's mom is it? Tatum and uh, Tatum Sydney? and Sydney. Maybe they do. Tatum brings up like, well, what if Cotton isn't the one who did it? Um, she also brings it up like maybe there was something to the rumors about your mom. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if it was there though. They were on some th- kind of patio when they were talking about that. Yeah, maybe. 
Oh, yes, 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 yes. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because there was a line that I remember or that I or I wrote. I left my, my my notebook at work, but uh, I wrote a line down and now I can't remember uh, what she said, but she was like making a a reference to something. Yeah, because she was. Yeah, that like, was right, right after Hembry gets killed. They're on the. That's before they go to the convenience store then. Yeah. Okay. They're yeah. on the porch. So they had yeah because they had that conversation yeah about her her mother um there for sure um but yeah then about the convenience store you you do remember seeing Ghostface right like in the reflection of the coolers no yeah so remember how I talked about before when Sydney got home and then yeah he like was the, in the, like the distance the woods basically yeah. and he's like he's like bobbing and weaving his head. <laughs> Uh, it's like the same thing. He's like listening to their conversation in the convenience store, uh, which is just kind of like a just a ridiculous. Um, did you just pick Bob. Ashley up and put her down? <laughs> Ashley, <laughs> get off of there, honey. Yeah, you don't belong up there. Bloggers chewing on my like antenna for my uh, for my tower, my computer tower. God. I might have saved that little bugger from a zap. <laughs> Not again. But yeah, then then the video store scene is next. And I love this one. Well, that's like top three scenes in the movie. Oh, yeah. Maybe two. Because Stu and Randy are like talking about the, the killer's identity. And this is where Randy's like, I know it's that rat face motherfucking Billy. Remember that? Where he called yeah. him like, actually, I think I can pull it up right now. I like that weasel face. Stu said it was all misunderstanding. He didn't do anything. Randy, you're such a little lap dog. He's got killer printed all over his forehead. And why'd really? the police let him go? Why'd they let him go, <laughs> really? smart guy? <laughs> That's, right. That's like one of my Stu favorite. is so good in this scene, too. The way he says smart guy. Like I just I love it. <laughs> it's so patronizing. Yeah, between Stu being like super um watching the scene is also was also so much better too, knowing Stu was one of the killers. Like just the way he's like <laughs> trying to play it off and deflect. And then all of course all the like the meta stuff from Randy talking about like the motives and the um like horror movie. Well, yeah. Shit. And then th the part that I love the most is when Billy confronts him. He's like, maybe you're the killer. And then it's, and then Stu puts his like head on Billy's like, <laughs> like shoulders while he, and he's like, they're like touching each other. And I'm like, this is exactly what they do at the end of the movie. So this is them not like acting. It's like, like them. Like it's, yeah, that's their form. chemistry. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. They love each other. They're little lover boys. But yeah, then because yeah, Randy like made a scene in there, basically causing everyone to like look. There's simple rules, but he doesn't he doesn't t say the rules in in that scene. It's it's later on when they're watching Halloween at the party. Yeah, I love how Randy says that. Like, well, Billy is like maybe you're the. Um, well, Billy says to Randy, maybe your movie freaked mind lost its reality button, and you're the killer. Uh, which is exactly what Billy is. Yep, His, exactly. Movie freak mind. 
And Randy's like, you're absolutely right. I'm the first to admit it. If this were a scary movie, I'd be the prime suspect. <laughs> Did Randy ever cross your mind as the as a suspect your first time watching? So, yeah, the first time watching, I was I actually thought it'd be easy for him to be the killer because he's so like, yes, he's a horror movie fanatic, but he also just seems so like innocent and like, I don't know, he just seemed incapable of doing that stuff. Yeah, he's really the opposite of Billy in most yeah. ways of how much he's portrayed as killer instinct type of guy. But he does have that love of horror movies, which you're like, yeah, he, with all like the meta stuff about the movie, Randy would kind of make sense as, as the killer where he's kind of unassuming, but he's like obsessed with movies. He loves Sydney. And, but yeah, when Billy, I love that when Billy uh, accuses him of being the killer and specifically for having a movie freaked mind. Um, when Billy's like talking about how life's just a movie, Sydney, yeah. and we've gone from R rated to made for TV. <laughs> so ridiculous. Yeah. And then don't we just cut to the party? There's no other scenes in between, right? I think so. I think there was like a, a little montage of that that like song of that guy who sings like this da, da, ba, da, ba, da, da. and it's like people like like that woman was like picking up her picnic supplies because like the curfew was coming and like people were like the curfew is coming the curfew is coming and then people were like putting up their clothes signs clothes for curfew and then yeah. like that old guy was getting to a station wagon with his old ass wife and they were going to look like they're going to drive across the United States. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I was, uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it was just cramped. Yep. Yes. Yeah. yeah I got to yep. stop reading the script. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, the dude, dude house. And again, these, just another state. giant home. I mean, like, in a beautiful sake. countryside. Yes, exactly. And just where are his parents at? <laughs> yeah. about that where kid. are anybody's parents except for Sydney's? We know where hers is. Yeah, we know that he's so he's been tied up in Stu Mocker's closet this entire time. Yeah, I guess so. They Think about it. There. They must have like had to like this room's off limits. Why? We have a leak in there. It's like <laughs> Sydney's dad. <laughs> Help me! Yeah, where are their parents? What's up with that? Yeah, but the the only other parent would be Tatum and Dewey's mom for like a split second. Yeah. But it shows how incompetent. Billy's Billy's are. dad shows up to the police station, but you can kind of tell like he has no idea what's going on in split Billy's second. life. Yeah, split second, baby. That, like Sydney shows up, drinks are flowing between people. I don't know, I think she's like drinking yet or whatever. But then uh, Dewey shows up. He's like gonna supposed to keep watch on the house, which is actually like really funny that like because obviously like the police, his like chief of police would have to know about like his his whereabouts like while he's on duty. You know, like yeah, I'm, yeah, we have a bunch of minors just getting fucked up. 
in this house. So I'll just I'll stay here and I'll I'll watch everything. It'll be fine. I guess it makes sense. Like somebody's been killing a bunch of miners. Keep them all in the Might same well, place and yeah, keep them all in one house. All yeah. the houses in the in the town are big enough to keep all the miners inside them at once. True, that is true. Yeah, they have. It's like the student body doesn't even seem that big, but the houses are just ginormous. <laughs> like there's like not that many children. And there's all this land around them too. It's like they're all yeah. in the country. So did like these? Did the parents think that they were gonna have like seven children to each family, <laughs> and they're just like having one? Maybe they're all just rich uh, orphans that have been yeah. bequeathed these houses. But then Gail Weathers and Kenny show up in the in the news van. So they're trying to get the scoop, man. They're like, yeah, the killer's going to show up here. Why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he? I, I guess love wherever, wherever Sydney is. Yeah, I love how uh, I definitely for sure think that Gail is using like I'm. I'm not blind to the fact that Gail is for sure using Dewey. You know what I mean to like oh, yeah. Yeah. get all this access like, and like inside information. To, yeah, get him all gussied up toward her. Yeah, but there's clearly some attraction. All that changes at some point. She has real feelings for him. So this is a really cool part of the movie when they go inside the party. And she brings that camera with her. Remember? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a cool idea. And then that 30 second delay plays such a huge part. So fucking good. I love that. Uh, And I also love when uh, Dewey's inside the party and this one guy had a beer and he goes, hey, put that down. You're not old enough to drink that. And the guy's like, huh? (laughs) He's like, like, yeah, I'm just messing with you, man. (laughs) Good guy, Dewey. Dewey, knock it off. Yeah, and then they get, they get back. She gets back to the to the news van, and he's like, "Oh shit!" And she's like, "What?" And he's like, "There's a thirty second delay." And I'm like, "That's gonna play. That's gonna that's gonna play into." What this. if they never brought it up again? Yeah, it's just like there's a thirty second delay. Nothing about it. Okay. Cool. That's a uh, decent decent information to know. <laughs> yeah. So. um we're not yet to the point, right, where now the rules get talked about after Tatum, right? Mm-hmm. So what Cause, happens yeah, is... Yeah, because like, go get me a beer, huh? Yeah, they. I think they start the movie. And then, yeah, Stu's like, why don't, you go, why don't you go grab me a beer? She goes out there, grabs some beers, and did she monkey with the garage door beforehand? She had to, or no, she, um, the door was locked, so she couldn't get through that way. So she was opening up the garage door to go around the house to get back mm. into the, the house. And then the, do- the garage door starts to close again when she oh, walks up to it. Oh, yes, you're right. And she's got a handful of beers. Mm. Um, yeah, I like, and, and it's funny because Tatum thinks it's Randy, right? Uh, she thinks it's Stu, doesn't she? Like she's, because uh, Sydney thinks it's Randy on the phone that one time. Yeah, but I think she just assumes it's Stu trying to be messing with her, trying to mess with her. Do you think it was Stu? Like knows she's back there, and but yeah, I think it was Stu in there. 
You don't think it was Billy? Knows him. Do you think it was Billy? Well, a part of me is like Stu maybe stayed with the rest of the party to not draw attention. Oh yeah, because yeah, Stu told her to go grab a beer. Probably just stayed laying there. So why would he get up? Yeah, and then Billy was Billy was off because he wasn't shown in that scene. Right. Yeah, so he, it was probably Billy. Yeah, and then it was like, uh, do you want to play Psycho Killer or whatever? Or like, uh-huh. uh, do you want me to beg for my life? He's like, yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, she like gets up to him and she like he like slices her arm, doesn't he? He does. He does, my yeah. friend. Uh, yeah, and then uh, there. This is actually a goof, but she like throws the beer bottles at him and they like they're like grenades they like explode on impact <laughs> yeah. but yeah she like throws like the three or four beer bottles at, and he like flies back when it's like happening and stuff absolutely drenched and then in the next scene he's completely dry oh i didn't notice that yeah but yeah she like fights him off like pretty yeah, good it's a pretty knockout drag knockdown drag out fight between the two of them for a little bit yeah and then she's like, doesn't she try to open or yeah, open the garage door, run towards, run towards the garage door to like crawl under it, and then he closes it. Yeah, and then so she then just goes for the doggy door. The doggy door, yeah. I I remember when I was first watching this, the thing that I was most afraid of was her trying to scoot through it and him like stabbing her like in the back or like the leg while she's like climbing through. I never thought of him like yes. pressing the You're button unexpected. and like, dragging her head. It's also so funny. It's almost like it like sped up and completely fucked her neck. Yeah. What was going on with that garage door? Like there's no way that's to code. It like jolted. It's like, yep. Yeah, once we a- get three quarters of the way up, it's like, <laughs> It also seemed like it surprised uh, Ghostface. Like he was standing there, like, "What the hell just happened?" Yeah, staring at the shit. And also, how like the there were like sparks flying from the machine when she like smoked her neck and like broke it and everything. Like, you're telling me that nobody would have heard that ruckus and checked on it. They were too busy listening to Laurie Strode screaming. True. Yeah, they're too into the yeah. into the movie. But that's the yeah. most powerful garage door in California. Yeah, for real. Like what brand was that? I need to I need to get I that. I need that. I need it now. For safety. Yep. Uh so yeah, Tatum is gone and honestly that's probably like the coolest kill in the move in the first movie. Yeah, definitely. Is, and and really cool the way her body's like uh, displayed, just like <laughs> hanging from it. <laughs> yeah, it looks very like a doll hanging there, yeah. but is is was a cool idea. We cut to Gail and and Kenny like watching the video, just like sitting there, like he's eating Cheetos and shit, watching watching what's going on, and like nothing's happening. And then Dewey like knocks on the van door and he's like, Hey, I was going to do a perimeter check. I was just wondering if you wanted to tag along. 
was like, uh, sure. Which, like, I get that they found something at the end of the perimeter check, but he, like, completely, <laughs> they banded the house. They yeah. Just, like, left. A perimeter check. <laughs> yeah. He definitely uh, just wanted to go on a walk with Gail. Yeah, dude, you're supposed to be thinking with your badge, not your cock. Come on. That's the motto of the police station. Think with your badge, not with your cock. <laughs> not with your cocks. Uh, and then he... Um, what if when Gail's like, <laughs> yeah, <I'll... laughs> What if when Gail's like, yeah, I'll go. Uh, dude is like, no, he's talking to Kenny. And the two Kenny. of them end up together. He's like sucking the Cheeto dust <laughs> off his finger. Oh, uh, dude, he's sucking a, um, a ice cream cone. Yeah. It's like, you're, it's like from the other. same one from earlier today. It's just like dripping. <laughs> I I saved the cone. Just yeah. put new ice cream in it. It's like soggy. Like the cone's like falling <laughs> apart. It's like no longer like hard. It's flimsy little cones. <laughs> yeah, you guys oh, this one's almost ran through. Yeah, I have to go back inside and find some ice cream. Some new stuff to put into it. That would have been fucking funny. <laughs> That's the movie I need to see. Yeah, why didn't they choose to do all that? (laughs) Yeah, so they uh, go for a walk. Go for a little walk. Oh, yeah, I did like that line. um, Like, do you know what that constellation is? No. Oh, no, what is it? I was asking you. Yeah. (laughs) Dude's just a little fucking doofus, ain't he? But he's so charming. Yeah. He's like, yeah, just. So innocent, so lovable. I, I actually. So the next scene is is Sydney trying to find Tatum. I'm pretty sure, like saying, "Have you seen Tatum?" And <clears throat> like asking Randy, asking Stu, and uh, then yeah, uh, at at that scene, both Stu and um both Stu and Billy like rush into the scene, like they both run full speed into the scene so yeah. isn't sydney like leaving yeah sydney was gonna leave she's like i can't find tatum and then well Stu rushes in and like to talk to her and then opens the door and then billy was like coming in i'm pretty sure at the party right i think billy was behind oh sydney in the house and Asa Stu brings- was Stu is outside. Gotcha. Could be wrong. Both could but, be right. But Billy was like trying to get Sydney to stay. Yeah. But I like that they have both of them like running into the scene because they could. There were one of them was running back from where killing Tatum. Tatum got killed. So yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then, yeah, doesn't like, yeah, Billy's like, is there somewhere quiet that you and I can go and talk? And then Stu's like, you guys can go into my parents' bedroom. Nice and quiet. For Subtle you. Stu. And then uh, doesn't Randy come up and you go, what's that psychopath doing here? <laughs> and then you say something like, I thought I, I thought I had a chance. And then Stu's like, yeah, he's like, I thought they I thought they were done or something. And Stu's like, it doesn't look like it does it. He's kind of an asshole of a friend. <laughs> yeah, there's just a couple of ball busters. But yeah, so then do we get do we go straight to the bedroom or is it oh yeah, it's like simultaneous where um they're, they're like talking up in the bedroom. 
starting to get a little hot and heavy where she goes, well, let me make a crappy porno. Yeah. He's like, what? What? Uh, I never watched when I was before. I only watched horror movies. And at the same time, they're watching, the party goers are watching Halloween downstairs. And that's where uh, Randy pauses it and he goes, there are simple rules. <laughs> and he goes through the rules, which uh, I have right here. Uh, you may not survive if you have sex. You may not survive if you do drink or if you do drink, if you drink or do drugs. You may not survive the movie if you say, I'll be right back. Hello or who's there? And then that's when Stu's like, I'll be right back. And goes off and then. And then it's actually funny. They have the set of like the rules that they had for like the, the trailer when they're promoting it. And it was don't answer the phone. Don't open the door. Don't try to hide. But most of all, don't scream. Interesting. I can easily see that in the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> don't scream. In between, there's like inner cuts of like a slashing noise. Like, whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. <laughs> but yeah, I like the, I like it so much though how it is simultaneously going. Obviously, they're all drinking and doing drugs. But the way he's talking about like. Um, only the virgin survives. Yeah. Uh, and then like, here comes the obligatory boob scene. And um, it's like rotating around both Sydney and, and Billy, where it's like going to show Sydney's boobs. And then Billy, or like, it just shows your back or Billy's in the way. Or yeah. Cause like Stu's like, well, when do we get to see Jamie Lee's tits? And then he's like, he's like, that actually doesn't happen until 1983's trading places. He's like, what are you watching this for? That's it. Yeah, so then Stu had said that he's out of the picture now. Clearly going to put on the ghost face uh yeah. costume. Clearly. Uh, and then right after that, they the house gets a phone call. Randy answers it and finds out that the principal Hembry's been killed and he's like strung up on the football field. Mm. He's like he's like hanging from the goalpost. Everyone starts cheering. Yeah, everyone's like, dude, we gotta go see him before they take him down. <laughs> I'm like, that is imagine like, that in, in real life, like oh people God. who you know having that reaction to the principal being strung up. That's just it's disgusting. It's foul. That's really foul. It's fucking imagine. putrid. I can't take it. For uh, shame. <clears throat> so th- this is the part where I'm like, I love the strategy of this because I read how Kevin Williamson and Wes Craven were having a lot of trouble with coming up with an idea to get the party goers to leave out of the house. Yeah. For, yeah. For a reason. And they were like, well, we didn't want it to just be like, Oh, it's so late. And only the friends are just like hanging back basically. Um, so they're like, yeah, we came up with this and they're like, we just knew it was going to be like a hit or miss if people like thought it would be believable. Yes. It definitely is like, a normal human being is going to be like, I need to go and like drunk drive and go and see my <laughs> bed principal hanging from a goalpost. 
for movie teenagers, it made a lot of like I didn't really bat an eye at it uh, in yeah. my first well, viewing. You know what? It it helps that we're an hour and a half into the movie and we just kind of know how these teenagers work yeah. and their personalities. And we're like, I could easily see these Woodsboro High kids just ditching everything. They're so des- desensitized to reality. Yeah. Through whatever movies and Hollywood. Yeah. So they all leave and then. Kenny gets the shit scared out of him because there's that delay where they like run out. That's right. Yeah, and he's like slowly like closing his his door, and they're like they're like whipping shitties in like <laughs> the front yard, like trying to like get going, and it's just like they almost kill Gale and Dewey. Yes, yeah, I love how he is like he's like oh there's something Stop. going on in the distance. Yeah, stands in the Stop. middle of the road. Stop! Stop! Then they Alt. they get thrown. Or he he uh, jumps and pushes Gale out of the way, and they they kind of roll into the into the brush, and that's yeah. where they see Neil Prescott's car, and then they have like that cute moment where it's like uh, hi hi, and then uh, she say like something like, "Isn't this what you've been waiting for?" Yeah, isn't this what you've been? Yeah, isn't this what you've been waiting for? And she's like looking at the car, and he goes, "My whole life." <laughs> she's like, "You fucking Nimrod over here." He goes, holy shit! I remember when I first watched it, that didn't trick me at all. I wasn't like, oh god, it's the dad, because it didn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean, the whole time I was wasn't even like thinking about the dad. My first time watching, because he was so such a like background story, and they were forcing it way too much. Yeah, so I didn't know how the dad was going to be involved. But I didn't ever really think it was him. I don't think I don't know if they really wanted to make that much of an effort to make it seem like it was. Well, like they put a decent amount of things in with the fact that like he was not showing up to his hotel and and that's cotton. Yeah. Cotton was innocent. But oh yeah, the one other thing I think we forgot to bring up was while Dewey was eating his ice cream cone and talking to the chief. The chief was like, yeah, we uh, we did the, or like we talked to the cell phone company. Billy's phone wasn't the one that didn't make any calls to, to Sydney. But we did get a call that time from Sydney's dad's phone. Uh, so that's why, I, like, they thought it was him. But Dewey was like, well, do you think they could have cloned the cell phone? And uh, the chief doesn't even, like, reply to that. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking idiot and in the end like they're uh steve's like we cloned the phones is that what he said yeah he said that in the like in the final scene oh my god i don't even remember that well the the chief is an idiot for not listening to dewey Dewey's just a little star policeman running off of uh ice cream brain fuel <laughs> That's why he eats it to be smarter. Yeah, it was. It was also funny in that scene when he walks up. He's like, "I thought you quit, uh, dude." <laughs> A classic like line. Uh, yeah, weird thing to say. So. But now we cut to post coitus, right? Between Sydney and Billy. Yep. The great scene to where she brings up with a little smirk on her face. I've just been wondering. 
It's just funny. It's so funny. It's so funny how that you, you get one call in jail, don't you? It's so funny that you do. Who'd you call him? And he's like, what are you implying? What are you implying, Sydney? That I killed you? And then he does the Christopher Walken, I didn't kill anybody. <laughs> I didn't kill anybody. <laughs> Listen to you, honey. I said, I said, I didn't kill anybody. Is that the fun? Now he's frog or Froghorn Leghorn or whatever. <laughs> Froghorn. Froghorn Leghorn. There's a foghorn. What is it? Foghorn Leghorn. Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> I, I tell you, I tell you once, I tell you twice. <laughs> Oh, I did. I did. I did not. I did not kill anybody. What does he say? Or he called his dad. She's He's like, like, "Yeah, I called called my dad." And then uh, she said, "No, you didn't." Do he call your dad, or the chief called your dad? Yeah, He's already there. And then he was like, "Not when I called." Did he? Yeah, didn't he say something? He was like, "Yeah, he did, but when I called, I didn't get an answer." Yeah, which like a little cryptic. Yeah, <laughs> I I mean honestly, like it did kind of Makes bother me that sense. like okay, you just let this guy plow you, and now you're like questioning like <laughs> what made her? Was there something that made her think of it, or did she just randomly have that thought? You just like, randomly started thinking about. I'm just gonna think about the phone call that clarity. you. Yeah. It was like a you know the Jimmy Neutron brain blast, but she needed mm-hmm. a, a sex blast to to That's figure it the out. Fourth fourth rule of horror movies. So she like or she orgasmed after you have sex. She orgasmed and it was like my memory's back. Now I know what I wanted to ask you. <laughs> uh, and then oh no, he says, uh, "What do I have to do to you to prove? What do I have to do to prove to you that I'm not the killer?" And that's when uh, the killer comes up behind, or mm-hmm. Stu does in the ghost face costume, comes up behind him. And yeah, that's, like, the whole really? scene is so great because when she brings up that you get a call from jail, yeah, we're like, okay, Billy did it. She figured it out. And then uh, when he says, what do I have to do to... Or then he says, like, yeah, uh, not when I called. And they're like, okay, maybe he did call his dad. And what do I have to do to make you believe I'm not I'm not the killer? The fact that Stu yeah comes out right there to do the thing to prove that he's not the killer and yep. kill him. So great. Yeah, it was awesome. Well, Killer, think about it though. Billy did not call her. Because he wouldn't have had the voice modulator in jail. It was Stu. Had to have been Stu. Yeah, it probably was. So he's probably yeah probably either called Stu from jail or, but I bet you Billy just didn't have like an an answer or he like it just seemed like he was trying to think on his feet and he couldn't think of anything yeah yeah type of thing but yeah now we like in the the chase scene I mean was was Billy ever was... like in a jail cell no but we know that they kept him overnight. Yeah. That's what he suppose, says. I suppose they would have searched him for not let him have like stuff like a voice modulator there. Oh, we forgot to mention the uh oh no, never mind, never mind. I don't want to get too uh too far ahead. Uh because Randy's like laying on the couch, like almost blackout drunk, basically, like watching Halloween still. 
and the chase the chase is going on throughout the house i i love this chase scene it's it's awesome i mean it goes on for like a long time but it's yeah when she ends up crawling out of the window jumping down crawls out of the window and then she's like trying to like drop down and then he like stabs at her hands while she's hanging onto the ledge and then she falls onto the um the boat yeah that was underneath and that's where she sees tatum oh my god yeah she's like oh my god and then she she runs to the van right she like breaks breaks part of the like the wooden fence down to crawl through a spot and runs to the van the news van and he lets her in there and uh then they both start watching the video camera mm-hmm. and that's when that they great. see randy he's like, yeah where ghost face is like right behind him and he's like he's like what are you doing get out of there get out of there what are you doing you're so stupid look Don't behind you turn around turn around love that saying the same thing to him on the fan tv yeah he's like you gotta turn around kid turn around kid (laughs) and then i love it this he like forgets that you know he had too many cheetos that night and forgets that it's a 30 second delay and he opens opens it up sees the front door open like wide open and doesn't he say like shit the delay yeah and then uh ghostface comes up and slices his neck open fucking brutal dude. that was a brutal one you and i we don't like our neck cuts yeah the next yeah Very the neck gruesome. cuts are just like ooh, it's just you can just feel those i can i can watch him stab somebody like seven times in a row but a single like neck neck slit the slit of the neck i'm just like no i can't do that i'm turning this off yeah i'm fucking done with this shit. next movie did not sign up for this but actually, so that was one of like the the scenes that kept getting rejected by the MPAA for being too graphic. Oh, interesting. So, so before they used to have, they were having like blood, like gush and like squirt like everywhere. And uh, so I think they, they cut it to where it just kind of like, it still comes out, but it just like flows down his like shirt. Yeah. Instead of like he ended up bleeding a lot. There was a lot of blood on the front of that van. Yeah. How did he end up on the roof? Did Ghostface throw him on the roof? Oh my god, dude! I don't know. (laughs) That is funny. Yeah, because there's blood on the windshield. Yeah, Yeah, he's on the roof. Yeah. Yeah. He must have put him up there. Yeah, and then remember when we talked about how Kenny was pointing at the little door and he goes door like that's his mm. last word and then uh what a hero yeah seriously and then sydney crawls through it and ghostface is chasing after her i love that like ghostface just is it's hilarious that he would also try to crawl through <laughs> i thought so for sure he was just like exiting the van and going around yeah exactly and it's funny because he like tries stabbing her and he kind of throws a fit and he like he like slams yeah, his hand yeah. like ah, i can get her Damn it. Um, this is such a funny physical comedy killer. We did kind of skip over, like, I think while all that stuff was happening, wasn't uh, Dewey? Dewey had entered the house. Yeah, with the gun, like with Gail following him. Yeah. And then Dewey, then, like, when Sydney's running back to the to the house, Dewey like opens up the front door and he has the knife in his back. 
Mm-hmm. So cl- clearly that means Billy got him, right? Had to have. Yeah, yeah, because Billy was still in the house playing dead. And then, yeah, stab Dewey. Man, yeah, that is so cool to to think of the logistics of it all. Yeah, it's looking fun. Back isn't it? At it. Yeah, because then I f- feel like Court or Courtney, fucking Gail Weathers and Sydney, they like bump into each other or something. And then she's like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Right. And she like runs to her van and gets in her, uh, gets into the van. And then, yeah, fucking Kenny's up on the top of the roof of the van. And there's like blood. And it's like, it's like slime. Like she can't get it to like get yeah, off. It's kind of hard to tell what it was right away. It was, it, yeah, like it was slicked off. It was so gross. Very, very corn syrupy. Yeah. And then she like, how does she lose control again? <laughs> oh, fucking Kenny slips down, right? Uh, well, yeah, Kenny slips down. She goes, um, sorry, Kenny, but... Get the fuck off like, my van. Get the fuck off my van. And then then Sydney is standing in the road in front of her. Oh, yeah, and she, like, swerves. She doesn't swerve around her. That's right. Yeah, that fucking the van went like launched into she the get, tree line. She went so far when she was going out of control. She drove a long ways before before she hit that tree. Dude, I for sure thought she was dead. Just the way that it looked, the way they shot that, for how fast she was going, because the the van went airborne, and like right it yeah. like it cut right as it, it almost looked like she didn't have a seatbelt on it and it looked like she slammed her head on the steering wheel i'm like oh like she's fucking crash. dead she i was like she's either like knocked out for the rest of the movie or she's dead i think that's what they wanted that's what they wanted you to think trying to trick me try to trick me uh and then we get the yeah the scene where um sydney gets into the into dewey's police car the squad car and she doesn't have the keys. I love how he's like playing mind games with her and he like knocks on the window and he's like, like jingling the keys. He's like, look over these. Yeah. And then, uh, so funny, like playing the game with her where he's like popping the, the doors open, like unlocked. Okay. How was that happening? Is that something with cars that you can just unlock it by crawling underneath it? And well, I don't think he was a button. I don't think he was crawling underneath it. I think he was sticking to keys, oh, going, like, going like that. But he was Fuck doing it. He must have been like doing that, and then like sp- like army crawling as fast as he can to the other side, and like because he was doing. Because yeah, at one point she had to put both of her hands on it, like stop it, and then yeah, like, how fast is this guy? A millisecond later, he like opens up the back, and she doesn't even hear it. Remember, because he crawls through the hatchback. Yeah, I was. I get like claustrophobic fear when. He does that. That probably was the scariest part of the movie for me was when he crawls into the into the car with her. Oof. I just hate that. Yeah. Uh, the idea I, of that. I think he ends up yeah, he stabs her in the jean jacket, but it doesn't like pierce it though. It's like armor. Yeah, basically. So I'm gonna start wearing jean jackets everywhere I go. <laughs> it's a good and look. I, and then she like 
gets the door open, crawls out, runs back inside. Uh, and I, this is awesome. I remember when I was first watching this, I'm like, I'm just like, fuck both those guys. Just go inside and just tell them to fuck off. When um, she grabs the gun from Dewey's body and then Randy and Stu are like, what the fuck is going on around here? And then uh, Randy accusing like, each other. Yeah, Randy's like, he's the killer. And Stu's like, are you fucking kidding me? Sydney, give me the gun, baby. Give me the gun. baby. <laughs> yeah, he, he tried to kill me. Oh my god. They're both so over the top. So he must have taken the costume off in the car. Yeah. In the squad car, slipped out really fast. Again. Yeah. And then just like started going crazy. And then yeah, she even I actually love that she made a decision that fuck fuck you both. And she like shuts the door and like locks yeah, that was locks good. them out. That was reasonable. I love how they're both like, give me the gun, give me the gun. Sydney, you gotta believe me. I would just be like, I'm sprinting off the property. I feel like that'd be the safest thing to yeah, do. Yeah, why do we have to go back in the house? Exactly. That's my question. Yeah, and then she turns around and Billy's on the top of the stairs like, oh, God. <laughs> this is just pure chaos. Just he, all the boys in her life are... Yeah, yep. and then he's insane. like falling down the stairs like dramatically. Oh, God. <laughs> he topples end over end down the stairs like it's just annihilating his head and back. Yeah, it's funny. Hey, if you do... If you think about it, all three of them are like somewhat love interest because later on, remember Stu goes, you know, I always had a thing for you, Sydney. That's right. SF. Yeah. And then uh right away Billy's like, give me, give me the gun. Give me the gun. <laughs> give sir give them the gun right away. You don't have to give him the gun. And I remember first time watching this, I'm like, yes, Billy's alive. Give him the gun. But at the same time I'm like, damn, like he's like he actually does need the gun because he probably can't physically fend anyone off because he's like been stabbed so many times. I, when Billy showed up still alive, I immediately didn't trust him. Really? I was like, the only way I can trust you is if you're actually dead. I didn't want her to get yeah, the just, gun. Just imagine if she had that line. I'm not <laughs> giving you the gun. As if you're actually dead, Billy. He's like, okay. And he just like goes limp on the stairs. <laughs> places the gun on his chest yeah you earned it and then yeah because billy opens the door randy comes in and he goes what the fuck is going on things are crazy <laughs> he's yeah he, he, yeah then he say like shit's gone crazy and then uh something about like he either said crazy or mad but then that's when billy turns around and goes we all go a little mad sometimes <laughs> and then he, bad line yeah and then he well it, it's from psycho he was like oh we're setting a line from like norman bates and so then yeah he I shoots take it all him. back if alfred, if alfred hitchcock wrote it it's a perfect line yeah <laughs> uh yeah but wasn't right like what the fuck and he like shoots him in the shoulder like it just like spins him around just yeah like, topples um which is kind of funny that like randy just like didn't get up until like the very end after he was probably just like scared. He's like, I'm just gonna pretend I'm dead. Just lay here. Yeah, bullets knock people out for like an hour and then they they can wake up and be okay. Which was like clearly like it looked like a flesh wound. It like shot him like in the shoulder. Like 
I don't know. I mean, it's just, just a flash phone. Get up. Yeah, yeah. Well, you laid there for an hour while they were torturing Sydney. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck, man? All this talking's going He's on. Biding his time for the perfect moment to spring back up. Yeah, well, yeah. Even after he said that, he's like, uh, uh, "Norman Bates, psycho." <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. And then, uh, I forgot about that. Yeah, and then he like cracks his neck dramatically or whatever. And then Sydney's so like, "No, no, why would you do that?" And then she like runs and then uh, bumps into Stu in that entryway. And she's like, "Stu, you gotta help me. Billy's gone crazy. I had it." That's right. And then he's like, "Surprise, Sydney." For a second, like you think you're safe in Stu's arms. Yeah. But yeah, the psychological terror that this poor girl is going through is fucked up. Well, the audience is going through. I thought I thought I was safe in Stu's arms when she found him because he's for sure not the killer because Billy was just proven to be the killer. I had it a lot worse than Sydney, if you ask me. Sitting in my <laughs> chair eating popcorn. I didn't know what to do. Look behind you. But yeah, then they like basically take her into the kitchen and have this huge exposition dump about mm-hmm. like, their plans and their motivations. Their mo- yeah, their motivations. And we find out that, well, didn't Billy? So this is the thing that kind of bothered me. Like, Billy's like, didn't Billy at first say he didn't have a motive, have a motivation. And then later on, he said, your slut mother slept with my dad and it made my mom abandon me. Yeah. I think he wants it to be like his ideal situation is I'm just this scary guy with no motivation for what I'm doing. I'm just a force of nature like Michael Myers. But, um, he, yeah, said he, actually, about, like, he actually was just buttered about yep. his dad. Yeah, and it was like she even said something about him being like a like uh like having mommy problems or whatever. She, when she was like trying to like taunt him. Yeah. Oh yeah, because yeah, they got the divorce and his mom left went away. Yeah, she he brought that up to um in <clears throat> excuse me, the conversation they had at the school, uh mm-hmm. him and Sydney. Like my mom my mom and dad got divorced, but you don't see me uh crying about it or something oh, yeah i was like my mom's and been gone like, for whatever yeah time. and she's like she your parents got divorced she, it's a lot different than yeah it's like I'm you can see through. your mom whatever you want my mom's dead i cannot see her anymore oh, that's so great that that then that literally was his motivation for doing all this was he was so uh triggered by his his parents divorce it just, yeah, it just shows his like delusion in that scene too. Yeah. Of like trying to like relate, be like, it's not that bad, see? Like, hmm. But yeah, and then Stu says that he and yeah, even Sydney was like, Well, what about you, Stu? Like, why <laughs> did you do this? And he goes, Peer pressure. <laughs> like he just so, loves Billy. He loves yeah. Billy. Yeah, there's that like theory that they might actually be like lovers those two yeah i think it's pretty like clear the way they i mean the way that at least Stu loves billy billy did yeah. seem to be pretty like at least like tolerating Stu's affection right um 
Well, they make and fun of it. The in way scary they're like movie. hanging on each other. What would you say? Remember that they make fun of it in scary movie, where they actually do make. Them, I don't like, remember that. Yeah, they actually make like uh, the one guy like like super gay, <laughs> and then the guy playing Billy is like, okay, that's enough. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like he'd, he'd be just, like touching him and like rubbing on him, and he's like, that's, that's enough. Fun. Okay. <laughs> Well, yeah, when they're stabbing each other, which on, is baby. just an yeah, insane yeah, yeah. scene. Yeah, that's that's supposed to be that's... like an analogy for gay sex. Yeah, like Matthew Lillard, just like I said, he just he gave it one hundred and ten percent. Insane sure. performance, getting stabbed. Yeah, just uh, absolute craziness. But yeah, they said something like, "We're going to play a game," and. Uh, if you get it, if you get the answers wrong, you die. And then he's like, and if you get it right, you die. Either way, you're gonna die. We're gonna kill you. He's like, you guys are fucked up. Wasn't it funny when uh Stu was like, I got a surprise for you. You're gonna you're gonna love this. And then I can't remember what he said, he's like, I'll be back. Yeah, I he says that again. You're gonna love this one, baby. Baby. We got a real showstopper here. And you're like, uh, what's behind door number two? I feel like he just like ad-libbed that stuff. I could definitely see that. Just like Wes was like, go crazy. Lillard, just do what you want. What do you do what you think like Stu would actually like, or say what you think Stu would actually say. And he started saying all this stuff. And then he's like, uh, was that too much? And Wes is like, that was fucking perfect. That was amazing. (laughs) I love you. Yeah, and then he pulls out Sydney's dad, which we're like, really wasn't that surprising that they. No, had no, him. I wasn't a huge surprise, but it was to Sydney. Yep, and yeah, they put the phone in his little jean. He was also wearing a jean jacket. Put the phone in his <laughs> jean jacket. He taught her pocket. He taught her to wear one. Yeah, just in case. They probably go shopping together if you think about it. You know, just. Daddy daughter matching days, saying how they're gonna like frame uh, everything on Sydney's dad, and then they were gonna like injure each other to make it like mm-hmm. believable. And that's when they say that, uh, and they have they think that he call has been calling you because we cloned the the cell phone. Oh, and they put the cell phone on him. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely, I, I missed that, but that makes, that makes sense. Yeah, it was funny that Billy like stabbed Stu like three times, and then he's like, uh, "It was time for," or actually no, didn't he go back and like keep doing it? And he's like, "Jesus, Billy, he cut too deep." <laughs> and then, uh, oh my god, yeah, I can't remember some of his lines. So much chaos going that on. That was like that the first time when Ashley was watching with me that she like laughed at Stu's reaction to some of it. Yeah. Um, like when he's like, like, Oh yeah. I'm bleeding out here, man. I'm feeling woozy here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling woozy here. Uh, well, yeah, that was like after that, but it was funny. Cause yeah, he's like, yeah, baby, come on. You know, and he's doing, and then he stabs mm-hmm. him. And then he's like, it's my turn. Give me the knife. Give me the knife. And he goes, no. And then he's like, give me the knife. And then he's like, all right. And he's like, Remember, he's like, no vital organs. He's like, he's like to the side. And then he's like, 
he's like staring. He holds Stu and stares at Sydney while he's getting stabbed by, uh, by yeah. Stu. And then Stu's like, oh, yeah, I got you, buddy. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> and he just like goes nuts on him. I'm just uh, like, yeah, this is all fucked up. Yeah. Then, oh, that even Sydney says that. I was like, you two are fucking psycho. You guys are fucked up. And then, and then there's that when Billy grabs a knife from him and he goes, no, you know what's fucked up? And then he says something about like, uh, like movies. Again, he starts talking about movies and then he's like going nuts on Stu, like stabbing him in the stomach. Yeah. And he's like, stop it, Billy. I'm getting woozy. That was a great Stu voice. Right there. Yeah. <laughs> stop it, Billy. I'm feeling woozy here. Uh, yeah, and then uh, don't they like look for the gun and then Gail has it and she's like pointing at them. He's like, it works better uh, when you have the, when the safety's off. Yeah. Okay, he, yeah, like, that's right. She comes the first time and doesn't get them. Knocks her out and then yeah. like Stu's like watching, like follows behind Billy and he's watching that's and right. he had the knife and he was like pointing it towards Sydney but looking mm. at looking at Billy and he's like, yeah, Billy, we got her. Then he turns around and he goes, uh, uh, Houston. We, we have a problem. And he's like, what is it now? And then uh, Sydney's gone. And then uh, Stu sits down in that like side table. And he's because he's like bleeding out. And he's like, oh, fuck, Billy. I think he cut me too deep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then uh, <clears throat> she calls the house phone and she has the modulator. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I love that. There's a play a game here. And then. It's funny because Billy like grabs the phone and (laughs) he's like, he's like, where are you? You fucking bitch. I'll find you. And then uh, he's like, he's like, Stu, get up, go get her. And he goes, I can't, man. He's like, I I think I'm dying here, Billy. (laughs) But then, so I had this, I, I put this down in my notes that, you know, when he like, he's like, fuck. And then he whips the phone at Stu while he's like sitting there <laughs> that actually was a that was an by accident that wasn't supposed to happen oh did it slip out because of the blood he, he had so much fake blood that it yeah. slipped out of his hand so that's a that's an actual like candid reaction by Matthew Lillard he's like oh fuck you hit me with the fucking phone dick that's amazing I love it yeah I was like and then then Stu picking up the phone going Sydney yeah what does he say again to Sydney? Sydney, did you really call the cops? And she's <laughs> like, Yeah, I did, Stu, and they're gonna be here in 10 minutes. He's oh, like, my mom's gonna kill yeah. me. My parents are gonna be so mad at me. <laughs> he starts crying. Just like amazing acting by yeah. Maddie Lillard there. Yeah, now Billy's like searching for, for Sydney and then Oh my god, dude! That just it would that looked like it'd be so painful. But she like busts out of the 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 closet. Oh yeah, stabs like, him with was it an umbrella? An umbrella, the tip yeah. of an umbrella. Can you fucking imagine? Oh my god! And she does it a few times. Yeah, for that to like stab into you, that's so much force. Yeah, I was just like insane. And then he's like laying on the ground, and then before she could like kill him. Like she grabbed the gun to like kill him. Stu like comes around the corner. And he's like, ah! <laughs> running at her, just like crazy. And then he like tackles her. Well, he, he doesn't. Yeah, he tackles her, and she like somersault and kicks him like into the 
living room. And then they start like rolling around. They're like fighting for the gun and all this stuff. And then that's where Stu's like, you know, Sid, I've always had a thing for you. And then uh, a TV drops on his head. Yeah, she like picks him in the balls. Then he's like laying in. He's like, <laughs> oh, oh. And then as she, F. Yeah. Or did you say in a, your dreams? Yeah, in your dreams. And then she drops a TV on him. And he's like, this house has the weirdest like electronics between the door and the the super electric TV. Fucking awesome. Oh, yeah, that was amazing. I feel like that was a great way for Stu to die, though, because, or at least for one of the guys to die, like he was poisoned by too much TV, too many movies. Yeah, that's, that's a good way to put it. That's a good way to look at it, man. I'm proud of you. Thanks. So Sydney goes back to check to see that Billy is actually dead, and Randy like jump scares and reveals that he's injured but still alive. And he also credits it to the fact that he's a virgin. And that's why he's still alive. And then um also oh, injured yeah. Randy but still alive. Billy gets up and punches Randy, like knocks him out. <laughs> I'm alive. Gets knocked out. And then he begins to choke Sydney to death. And then he, right as he tries to stab her, uh, Gail shoots him. And that's when she's like, safety's off this time, asshole. Yeah. And then that's when uh, Randy and Sydney and Gail, like, all walk up. Well, I'll walk up to his body. And then Randy's like, he'll come back to life for one last scare or whatever. And then he "Ah!" goes like that. And Sydney shoots him in the head and then uh then just say like not not my movie or not my movie mm-hmm. and then that's when that's when her dad comes out of the closet and they like untie him and stuff like that and then the end of the movie is literally just them putting Dewey in the back of the ambulance and then Gail being like just roll with me here and she's talking about what happened and we kind of get that sunrise shot over the hills behind the house yeah beautiful ending it was such a high energy like 20 minutes or something from when basically uh from when billy dies like supposedly when he gets stabbed Mm -hmm. the first time right um like it just is non-stop from there to the end both with like action and just the such smart little subversions and gotchas. So Keller, I know that we've been doing this. We have this running uh, notes list of uh, movie rankings or or not movie rankings, uh, movie uh, scores that we've been giving out. Uh, We do. So out of like 13, I think we've been doing right. Yep. Okay, I don't know if you already have like a ranking for this, um, or if you're just gonna make one up off the top of your head. What would you give it? I don't think I have ranked this one yet. I'd give it like the way I kind of think about the rankings are kind of with its own genre within horror. I I rank it relative to its peers. I think this one even side by side with any any horror movie. I'd give it like for what it is a 13 
just like perfect for what it like a perfect satire. Taylor, I I'm with you, man. I have to give it a 13 as well. I have to give it a perfect score. It's a movie that like I just don't get tired of. I keep going back to it. It's like super meta. It's humorous. It's it's fun. It's entertaining. It's timeless to me. It's just a classic. And I just love the impact that it had on the future like of horror at that time and the sequels that it spawned. And I, I don't know. I just feel like it was exactly what the genre needed at the time. I mean, it's a 13 because both the plot and the writing are pretty perfect. Yeah. But um, the fact that the writing is so good, they're able to use kind of that as a framework for the style going forward in the rest of the movies. Right. Um, that the plot doesn't need to hold up or be perfect to have enjoyable writing at least and like witty and um, yeah, just enjoyable. Yeah, I think this is the first movie we've given a 13 or a perfect score. I, I, Halloween, I think we gave a 13 as well. Did we? Yeah, okay. I'm excited. That would make sense. For some reason, I thought I gave it a one point off, but I can't. I'd have Could've. to go back. Yeah, man. Well, that was super fun. That was that was the scream episode. I feel like I should smoke a cigarette after this. It was a huge deep dive, and <laughs> uh, it was it was a ton of fun to go through the star studded cast and just all the background information and. Um, I'm super excited for you to start watching the sequels because it's truly like the sequels are, they're not just like one-offs, you know, like you actually, like you have to watch the sequels to know what's going on in the rest of them. So uh, God, that's good to know. Like when we get to three or four, uh, man, dude, our conversations are going to get, they're going to get long. I feel like, because we're going to be like, circling back to like one and two and oh remember when this happened oh, no, in one, that exponential means, yeah so it's gonna be it's gonna be a ride but i'm i'm excited for it do a 24-hour marathon for stream six if you guys want more content from the film room definitely check out our socials we're on facebook twitter instagram and tiktok if you want more exclusive content you can go to our patreon page at the film room horror where we have some video content, horror reviews, some fictional short stories, and I'm actually going to be publishing our first exclusive podcast episode on there in the coming weeks. So definitely check that out if you are interested. And whatever platform that you're listening to this on, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, anything, the biggest way that you can help this podcast out is leaving a rating and a review. It helps other people find the podcast, and we would appreciate that very, very much. Give us a 13 on Apple. They might only let you go go to five, but that just means give us two five stars and one three star, right? <laughs> yeah, leave 13 reviews. Yeah. 13 one-star reviews yeah, will also help. Right? Quantity over quality. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what, what what we'll do next. Any anything on your mind? Any anything that you've been itching to to get to get to? I really didn't have anything prepared for the next one. It's been a while since I've been on a horror kick. 
uh, or kind of in that in that zone. So maybe we'll have to do some discussions. Yeah, we'll have to talk about it. See what uh, see what makes sense. We should create like some like some monthly themes or something where like just like random ones like where maybe like May would be like sequel month. So for like some of the ones that we've done, if they have sequels, then we'll do like just some sequel episodes to those. Or like a, a a monster month where we do ones where it's like just monster movies, shit like that. Yeah, if we get a good lineup, I'd be down for that. We still oh, we still need to do uh Hitler Clowns from Outer Space. Yes, I would definitely have that up on the up on the list. I've never watched it, so uh, I would definitely be hashtag down for that. That's one that Holly might like. I highly doubt that. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> Ashley, Ashley kind of enjoyed it enough to uh, possibly watch it again in the future. Wow. Hmm. Maybe I'll I'll force her to watch it with me down here in the basement. Just because it's so campy and like fun and funny. Is it from the eighties though? Stupid. Yeah. Holly doesn't she, like old movies. She basically doesn't like movies that are like older than like twenty ten. It's like hard for her to sit through them. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. It's like oh. Taylor too. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Well, all right, man. This all was right. super fun. Yeah, why don't you why don't you say goodbye to the to the fans and the people? All right, everybody. If you're out here, if you're out there listening, remember, don't scream. Until next time.